Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Hold the phone. Hey, brother. This is serious. Serious. We could make you delirious. Delirious. Just a bit outside. Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same number 206, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey, the Garden State. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Night. Hi, I'm Sam Pete. It's Thursday night, it's December the 4th, it's the holiday season, whoop-dee-doo, big frickin' deal, alright? We took uh, last week off, we're back. We have a ton of sports to talk about. We really do. We have a ton of sports. We're going to talk about it. It's not that big a deal. Just a couple of guys talking about sports and whatever else comes to mind. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Episode number 206. Holy cow. Let me just uh, let me just take the sound down here. Let me just take it down. There we go. Great. Hi. Welcome to the big show. We're going to talk about... The Jets. We're going to talk about the Giants. We're going to talk about the Mets and the Yankees. Hot stove, owners meetings, GM meetings, the winter meetings they're called, usually. And most importantly, we're going to talk about your New York Islanders. Goal scored by number 91, John Tavares. Actually, Cal does that far better than I do, the Roger Luce. Anyway, um, hi, welcome to the show. As I mentioned, I'm Sam Pete. Um, we are excited to be back. We took last week off for Thanksgiving. The week before that, we had our huge Jet roundtable with Joe Caparoso from TurnOnTheJets.com, Dom Constantino from NewJersey.com, and of course, Chris Lepresti from WFAN. And everything we said has come true. We're going to talk about that. And then, of course, we have the bishop here. The bishop is here as well. We're going to do a fun load later. I have a query for him. So it's 10.30. It's a little later. Sorry. That's my fault. That's my bad. I'll wear that. Um, I had a, a prior engagement that could not be moved. Eh, it went well. I know you're concerned about it. Thanks. Hi, welcome to the program. Okay, let's get this podcast going. And welcome in the co-hosts of the program. There was a Kel. little controversy today because uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio generates... A an event on UFace 
on the Facebook there for every episode. And it's been doing so for three and a half or four years. And just today, one of our friends noticed that it goes on my page and it says, my show, ready to emote with Cal and Sam. Pete will be live. My show. It's not my show. Cal. If it's, that's right. It's her show. I don't know who she is. It's this guy's show. The co-host of the program is to Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Long, flowing robes. Splendid, really. Hi, Cal. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hey, li- listen. It's it's really it's an honor to be to be asked back to your show for the 205th time. <laughs> it's uh. It is great for you to do it. It really is great. For it you. really it really builds my resume. It looks it looks great that I I got to appear on your show so many times. Right. My show. Mm-hmm. Your I, show. As I said after I corrected it. Um, it's not really uh, your show or my show or even PJ's show, Cal. It's the people's show. Oh, is that right? That's right. Do they know that? No. <laughs> they have not been made aware. Oh. Somebody should get on the horn, the blower, and let them know. Tis the season. It is. It's the holiday season, buddy. How about that, everyone? You've got a show. This is all, it's all yours. <laughs> Everything. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Oh, whatever it's, you'd like, it's all yours. Take it's it. it's a podcast. Um, what's up? You sound a little like you have a cold. Uh, a little. Am okay. I reading that wrong? No, no. You are once again, spot on. I'm gonna call you Johnny Dristan tonight. Your observation skills <laughs> really sharp. Never been questioned. No. Especially the auditory ones. And also your amateur medical skills. <laughs> amateur is a great word for it. Really, you know... Armchair? My armchair doctor skills. You are a Monday morning doctor. I am an armchair doctor. Listen, I'm not a doctor, but you sound like you got nasal congestion. Hey. You you need a little Dristan. We've talked about Dristan before. Yeah, no, I don't... You need, don't. A, little, you need a little contact. I don't... <laughs> Maybe. Just loosen it up. No, nah, it's good. Just keep yeah. it where it is. Did you pick that up over Thanksgiving? How was your Thanksgiving? Good. Really nice. How about yours? Fantastic. Great. Very, very good. Now we're in December. There's an interesting thing about Thanksgiving when you've been on a diet for a while and you're having some success with it. So I've been on a, no, not Atkins, but I've been eating low carb since about August 1st, right? Mm -hmm. And I've had some success with it. I've lost a, a few LBSs. And so, but I'm not on like anything strict. Like I didn't do like phase one of where Doris gets her oats or anything like that with Atkins. I didn't do any of that jazz. So coming to Thanksgiving, like if I want to eat some carbs, it's, I'm doing it. I don't care. It. Yeah, well, it's it's not really that. that I, right. I'm not on a, on a strict regimen. You know what I mean? Regimen or regiment? I don't know. <laughs> feel like one is military and one is not. Hmm. We're going to get the answer to that in, in just, a, just a minute. Yeah, when we bring in the not only our regiment expert, but our diet expert, our, our, our vocabulary expert and our diet expert. Our dietary consultant. That's right. 
or Dr. Our, Max our, Gomez, our, our dietary consigliere, if you will. <laughs> so on uh, Thanksgiving, um, and my brother and sister-in-law who make the uh, the Thanksgiving dinner, we go over there. They're eating. They've been on Atkins for like seven years. Oh, so it's so an it's, Atkins Thanksgiving anyway. It's relatively friendly. They make the two turkeys. They make the deep fried turkey and the traditional brine. Whoa. Um, it's it's an amazing spread they throw out there. My sister-in-law made a pumpkin and sausage soup that was phenomenal and low carb, phenomenal. So, uh, Uncle Tommy that surprised me by the way. AKA no, no, it's a hell of a, it was a hell of a job. AKA Big Pauly, his contribution this year was a homemade pumpkin caramel cheesecake with a gingerbread snap crust. Oh, low carb. Homemade. Big Polly himself, his his big mitts are all over this thing. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm going to have a, I'm, I'm going to treat myself and have a little slice. Oh, I, you're one of those? I haven't had a, like a sweet like this in four months. I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to have a little sliver. I, it was absolutely ridiculous. I started with a sliver, then I, I, I was totally, uh, like in the guy, a smaller piece, like my Aunt Jerry went to cut it. And I, I totally went Hyman Roth. I was like, no, 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 smaller piece. She gives me a little sliver. I put that to one taste. Good night, Irene. Yeah. I turned into somebody I'm not proud of. And of course, my little guy, the 15-month-old, takes a little taste of this and right. just goes to town. Now he's got, I give him a piece, he's got two hands in it, stuffing it in his face. <laughs> That's how good it was. I went back for a second piece. But oh, the next day, like, my body's like, are you kidding? You can't just, you can't, you got to ramp, you got to have a Kit Kat, something. Ramp us up to this. You can't have three pieces of caramel pumpkin cheesecake. It was, it was incredible. So did you fall off the wagon, or it was just no. a one one day and that was it? Got back on, baby. Good, good. Got back on. Yeah, no, it was. I ate. I ate well. How about you? Did you eat well? Did you eat big? Eh, no. <laughs> Not really. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I came away from Thanksgiving dinner thinking, eh, you know, I could eat more. Overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Yeah, it was you know I I you know ultimately it was probably the the right way to go because right. I didn't suffer. Right. But uh, let's try, let's bring in a guy who knows about suffering, and he knows. <laughs> Is that a segue? Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in, the Bishop, Pop Culture PJ, the third man in to our podcast, the insufferable the Pop ins- Culture PJ. <laughs> Let's be honest, it's really his show. He declared it as such. Yeah. He, he, took, he took the reins. We owe him rent at this point. Hi, Peach. Text in the mail. Thanks for reminding the store for me, guys. I, I got yeah. it from here. No problem. All right, good. We're, we're going to take off. That's right. How was uh, your Thanksgiving, Guy? Guy Let's Fieri. talk about Thanksgiving. Let's talk about <laughs> dieting. And Thanksgiving. Here, I want to do something. I want to do something here. This is a visual. Oh, no. So, Cal, if you, would, if you would be so kind. <laughs> I want Cal, I want you to do the play-by-play. And I want Steve to react 
because he knows me. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to do play-by-play play of. I just... Tell everybody what's standing. happening. All right, PJ st- has, has stood up. I'm, I'm standing. around. That's right. He's taking his jacket off. PJ's removing his jacket. Now, let's see if the, the webcam taking, can get this. taking a long time Steve? to remove his jacket. Yes. Can you... Can can you can you tell how loose this is, Steve? You're in the fat, he's in the fat man sweatshirt. Can you can you see? Profiling right now, PJ, standing profile for us, like Alfred Hitchcock. Prior to prior to last Wednesday, I was down. My doctor slapped me on the back. I was down 18 pounds. American. My doctor went, "Holy crap! What have you been doing?" And I in said what I've been time frame, In what time frame? 18, 18 pounds in how long? Seven days. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I envision you, I envision you at like a, like a camp wellness. Like what's that movie where you like when a, from like a 20s fat camp with like the vibrating, you know, right. the rubber bands. The rubber band. That you and he's in a gray sweatsuit. <laughs> <laughs> With a headband. Right, in the steam room. What was right. that movie? Road to Wellington or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a Cusack movie? Road to Wellington? Uh, right. uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's something I, like that. It was a Broderick movie. That's right, Matthew With, Broderick. So uh, you With Anthony to... Hopkins as Kellogg. Oh, man. The Road to Wellville. <laughs> the Road to Wellville. Wellville. That's it. Yes, I believe that's it. You went to the yeah. road to Wellville. You were in one of those. I went on the road to Wellville. I did, I did all the animas. Right. All of them. <laughs> I did all the animas from the movie. Okay. And uh, 18 pounds, 18 LBSs, solid. 18 LBSs, solid, and then and then Thanksgiving. And then what happened? And then, and then oh no, and then and What's then the, the pie. Result? Same thing that happened. Same thing that happened to you. The pie. It was a perfectly normal day. There was like turkey. I could eat turkey. There were vegetables. I was eating vegetables. And then out came dessert. And there was a and pie with a ginger snap crust, just like and you. off came the pants. <laughs> Pretty much. I had to loosen my belt right away. And out, <laughs> undone came the belt buckle. This, this diet that I had been doing this is the first time ever in my life I had to go out and buy a new belt. Wow. I, you, couldn't just, I, you, you couldn't go the cheap way and just put an extra hole there with a notch? Just notch it up? No, I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that since I've been 18, I've just been expanding. I mean, it's optimistic to go buy another belt. I'm it like really, the universe. Really just, I, I just get bigger and bigger, and eventually it's, I'm going to pop. I won't do it. I won't go buy another belt. I had a, I had to get I had to get a tighter belt. That's never happened to me before. I didn't need, I don't know how to shop for a belt. It doesn't work by the way. I did that once. It's useless right now. Right. That, that belt is no more. No. That's it's, what I mean. I no. won't do it. It's way too optimistic. I've lost like well, 19 I'm in the pounds. New belt. I I I've I'm in the lost new belt. like you're still in the new belt? I I'm in the new belt and it's working. All right. The so while you guys reading your turkey and your and your vegetables I the unofficial count of dinner rolls that I ate was at uh, seven, <laughs> which is good because Vegas had the over under at nine seven. So 
So I took the under, and I won a uh, a sawback on that. I sawback? Eat. That's not a. Is that a a sawback? Is that a sawback? Sawback. Sawback. Starbucks. I I put Starbucks. together a a razorback and a sow, and I got a, a latte. That's right. Starbucks. Good job. Wow, everybody. you guys you guys are doing great. Congratulations, both oh, of no. you. Oh no, really? I'm, I haven't gotten back on the horse yet. I've been eating nothing but donut holes for a week. Oh now no, because I because. <laughs> So that's the opposite have, of what Steve did. I touched the sugar, and it's man, it's it's really hard. It's hard to go back. I I've been back. eating donut holes for a week. <laughs> it's <laughs> the most. It's the most depressing thing I've ever heard. I've just Do you ever find yourself holes. every time you walk in the kitchen, you open a cabinet and look for something. Like every time, it doesn't matter what you like. I went in there for a pencil, but I opened the cabinet, and ooh, look, there's chips. Yeah. That's where green I've been beans. last Thursday. I've been eating green beans, but they're shoved in a pound cake. <laughs> right. I went through the kitchen to get spackle. and to stop, and I had a hostess cake because it reminded me of spackle. And right. I never got I never got the spackle. I had to stop <laughs> drinking coffee because I'd make the coffee and I'd go, you know what would be good with this? <laughs> Everything. Higher coffee cake. And whatever was on the counter, just dunking it. All, all of Entenmann's would be good right. with this. You're dunking Italian bread in the coffee. Shut up. <laughs> I know. And it's, it's good. delicious. This is how <laughs> this is how Stella Dora started. Shut up. That's right. That's how they figured it out. All Do right. We, we have any churros? No. <laughs> <laughs> ah. uh, you say it. You got to say it like Scrooge, though. Like, are there no churros? Are there no workhouses? You're going to see me tonight eating munchkins, but I'm just letting you know that it ends tonight. All of this? I'm going to be on camera eating munchkins. Can you just say it like in a really declarative fashion, like you're like a gang or something? Like, this ends tonight. (laughs) This ends tonight. All right. We're going to check back in with you next week. (laughs) That's right. We're going to check back in next week. I want that new belt. I should be down 24 pounds. Going back to Wellville? <laughs> Going back to Wellville. The road to Wellville runs through Freehold, baby. Can you film yourself throughout the week and we'll put it up on the YouTube channel? <laughs> we'll put it up on our YouTube channel. Listen, DJ's progress. You're gonna get it you're gonna get a delivery this week. It's my Christmas gift to you. It's one of those fat camp machines with the big rubber band. I want a YouTube video of you on that. In the gray sweatsuit. I'll do it. Uh, the gray we'll- sweatsuit's coming with it. I got a I'll graphic that I set up for the website. It's of a scale, <laughs> but on the but the but the scale is like it's your head, and it goes up and down based on your progress. It's like the, it's like the newspaper, like every day, like a magic right. number. Like PJ Watch, right? The PJ Watch, like every day in the newspaper, there would to, be a magic number thing. I think we should get people to call in and wager. Nice. <laughs> pick a weight. Pick a weight. Well, no, we don't need to pick, just a pick we're, how much you. You'll lose. We don't want to give you okay. weight out over the air, do we? Are you comfortable with it? Zaja Gabor? <laughs> Darling. I, I, I'm not, I'm not really embarrassed about it. All right. All right, sir. I mean, you, let's, look, let's have it. People meet me, and you think they say, oh, I wonder what he weighs. They know what I weigh. <laughs> Not everybody. No, 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 no. Not everybody. You know what that guy weighs? That guy weighs what I can't lift. That's what that guy weighs. 
some people are the worst at estimating weight. Really? So they're not good at carnivals. Like, absolutely, Teresa loses every time. She's just terrible. She'll, like, look at me. She'll, like, look at me and she'll be like, oh, you're, you can't be more than 175 pounds. This was when I was, like, 220. Like, you you can't be more than 175 pounds, hon. Like, babe, you're, like, 40 pounds off here. Like, you're not even in the ballpark. You're not even close. I think Wesley weighs, like, 47 pounds. Baby's 23 pounds. Like you're way off, way off. No, some people are really are terrible at that at estimate. I'm not. I'm not tremendously uh, skilled at that either. I'm half carny. How about age? Can you guess age? Fantastic at age. You are. My weight and age are the same. I am. I am good for. (laughs) I am probably. What are you, Yoda? Yeah, I, like that. I am probably good for two years either way. Within two? Yeah. Mm. I would say I'm comfortably within two years either way. Interesting. Is that good? I feel like I should be within a year either way. No, could that's be, real. Like, could be like, really good. Here, there goes somebody walking down the street. How old is that guy? Two years either way. That's good. Much better with guys. Than singing doo diddy diddy dum diddy do. Right. There she was, just walking down the street. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> He's forty-two years old. How did how did that song? <laughs> and he the turns to me in the middle of the song and says, "Forty-three." <laughs> and everybody's dancing. Do you think when he brought that song in, they were like, "Is this a true story? Like, did this <laughs> did this happen to you?" Like, the producer's like, "Wait, so where were you walking?" Down the street. <laughs> See, that's the part they had to replace with the do I diddy because originally he just sang her name and address. <laughs> there she was, just to walk it down the street. She was Jane Smith from 22 Oak. <laughs> you can't. Hold on. Hold you, on. Can't, you can't do that. Producer hits I the talk back button. I asked her number and she gave it to me. She said 555. Five, five. No, guys, stop. You can't. That's not. We're probably you can't release that. something legal here. There's got to be something we can't. <laughs> That's not right. Tell you what. I was Gets just... home at 8. <laughs> Leaves the door unlocked. <laughs> She's alone all the time. No one's in the house but her. <laughs> uh, I think I think we this, I think the song definitely needs a little work. going to propose a few changes. <laughs> yeah. That's where a producer makes his money. <laughs> That's where a really good producer yeah, is for his, his weight in gold. <laughs> just keeping you out of jail, basically. <laughs> Saving unsuspecting girls. They have no idea. It's, it's a cease and desist thing. You know, it's really what a good producer does. It's not so much like maybe the hi-hat should be open during the middle eight. There, It's more we probably shouldn't stalk. <laughs> This particular person at this time. Oh, boy. Okay, let's talk about sports. Let's get to sports because we, we're on a little late, uh, and I have very, very specific things to talk about. So let's get to it. Peach, we'll, we'll be back in a bit. Drinking Java juice. What are you drinking? Lime juice? What is that? I'm drinking, I'm drinking an aloe juice with Here, mango carbon. and mango skin. Hold that up to the camera, please. There we go. 
All right, there it is. Allure, whatever that is. That's like it looks like a hangover drink. By the time you guys are done, I shall be down two pounds. <laughs> there he goes on the fat machine. Can we? By the way, before you come back, can you find out the name of that machine? Are we supposed to shoot a cannonball into his stomach also? In slow motion? Is that the same machine? What? You know what I'm talking about. How did that become the test for fitness? I don't even think he was wearing goggles, but he was bald for sure. Like, who was the first guy? Be like, listen. Say, Sam, come over here. You're all ripped up. Your stomach is fantastic. Look at your abs. Tell you what we're going to do. <laughs> I have this cannon. Just happen to have a ball. Let's I don't know in. about this. Let's shoot it into your stomach and see what happens. That'll show everybody how how fit you are. Well, this doesn't sound safe. I don't know about that. Sure, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, kids at home, don't no, don't, don't try that. Please just claim that. <laughs> We're gonna need, need to put a disclaimer there. Entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and it is entertaining. Is there anything better than seeing a cannonball hit a Let's get to the old sports there. Oh, boy. You got me. Um, uh, yeah, sports. What do you want to start with? Uh, I have this, uh, actually... Oh, you have it planned out. I'm sorry. It's your show. Please, <laughs> go on. There I go again. Are you going to be a guest, or are you going to be on the show? I, my apologies to the chef. I put, you, I put your name in the title, and I put it first. The least you could do is let me ask the question. I paid a handsome sum for that. <laughs> you did. You did. Not as much as like a fire itzik billboard, but no. it was probably up there. Significantly less. Um, there are there are uh, three things that I'm itching to talk about with you tonight. We can unpack them in any way that you you see fit. Um, but I I sort of enjoyed the issue based way we went about our round table two weeks ago with the Jets guys. So I kind of wanted to do that just with you. Because I, uh, I have my opinions, but I'm, we, uh, you and I haven't had a, a chance to talk very much in the last two weeks. Been very busy, mm. and we haven't been chatting a ton. No. Um, which by design. Yeah, it's my show. I know you're upset about that, and that's fine. <laughs> um, so I want to, st- I want, uh, I want to ask you though. Do you want to start with the Jets and the Giants, or do you want to uh, start with the Mets? I would like to save the Mets just because you're in a. Yeah, please. You're in a we, place that I've never seen before. I'd like to save them and conveniently run out of time. So let's start with the Jets and Giants. You'd like to Lindsey Buckingham them? I w- oh. Apologies to Lindsey Buckingham <laughs> and, and the Mets. Mother Buckingham. Mother Buckingham. Um, so, okay, with the Jets. Let's do the Jets first. And the Giants, though. The Giants are in here, too, Cal. Because... Yeah, but we're going yeah, to do the Jets first. Okay. 
unless you want to unpack it simultaneously. Is that where you were going with this? No, I'll marry them later. Great. I'll, I'll marry the two points later. Wow. Holy cow. The last two weeks in Jetland, I wish I could say over the course of the five years we've been doing, almost five years, by the way, next week is our five-year anniversary. Um, and next week's show will be our five-year anniversary show. Um, but I, I wish I, I by wish the I, way. right. <laughs> by the by, I wish I could say that this is the first time we've seen this situation with the Jets in the five years we've been doing the show. But this is so reminiscent of 2012, Cal. That I, I don't, I don't know anything anymore about what's going to happen with this team. I do know that watching that game on Monday night. I'm not sure I've ever had this experience with the Jets, or or at least it's been a while, right? So they're running the ball down Miami's throat in the first half. They had 210 yards rushing in the first half, and they're winning, and I hate every bit of it because it's not a modern offense. Right. And to me, it was the exact reason why Rex Ryan has to go, and it was the exact reason why... Uh, he, he, you can't be a successful coach if that's your offensive philosophy anymore on a, on a consistent basis. You can't win every week that week uh, or every week that way. And I felt like that was like his dream game plan, Cal. Like that's why the conspiracy theories were so easy for me to dismiss. The, the idea that they were not letting Rex Ryan eva- or not letting John Itzik evaluate Geno Smith because they weren't letting him throw – that's Rex Ryan's dream game plan. Well, you you initially dismissed them, but then you started to sound like you were coming around to them. No, I was never coming around. That was a misnomer. The next day? No, I wasn't. That okay. was a misnomer on the chat. I was trying to uh, on our RTU buddy chat with the, our our friends, and and Doctor Ewe was kind of saying that. Uh, no, I wasn't coming around. I wanted to get your guys' take on it. I never for a second thought they were doing that purposefully. For that reason. I did think I wouldn't put it past Rex at this point to ignore the idea of game planning around Geno Smith. You know what I mean? I wouldn't I that I wouldn't put it past. But doing what he did, he thought that was the best way to win the game. See, he's still trying to win games. He's not I trying believe, to, he's not trying to evaluate players. He doesn't I believe, care. I believe that. I don't think, but I don't think he's ever really focused on evaluating players in five years. But don't you think that was his dream game plan, Cal? The first half, they threw the ball six times, they ran for 210 yards, and they had a 10-3 lead. He was in in heaven. Yeah. Except he doesn't have the defense to back that up. And you don't win games that way. They were only up 10-3. Actually, I think it was 10-6 at the half, wasn't it? The half was 10-6. Yeah, because the Dolphins got a field goal lead. He was up by four points. You can you can you can win games like that if you have the '85 Bears defense. It's got to be an all-time defense. Not a, and not every week, not anymore, Cal. Well, probably not every even, week. Even the Seahawks last year with that dominant defense still had to throw the ball. Had to. Yeah. yeah. As well as they could run the football, there were still weeks where Russell Wilson had to throw the ball. You can't win on a consistent basis that way in the NFL anymore. You can't. You may you may win nine games that way. You may win ten games that way. 
it's really, really hard to win consistently, and it's really, really hard to do so in the AFC East against Tom Brady and the Patriots twice a year. I That was it for me. I want him fired anyway. Is he going to get fired? Yes. You're pretty, pretty comfortable saying I don't, that? I don't think there's a doubt. What about you? You seem, to be, you seem to be hedging still. There's a, there's a doubt. I, I think he will be fired, but I'm, I can't say for certain. How do you have a doubt? I don't know. Because, because like you said at the top, the top of the show, but at the top of the segment, I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who's because coming or going. anything could happen, right? Anything. Yeah. They, could, they could stay the course and bring them all back. They could. You know? You could trade out of the, the number five pick in the draft. Number three now, I think they are, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know. I, I totally agree. I mean, four, four weeks ago, I thought that John Itzik was sure to be back, and I thought Rex was likely to be fired. Then, you know, they beat Pittsburgh with Vic, and you think maybe Rex can save his job here. You know? I didn't think I didn't think that was likely. We both said it two weeks ago, but in those two weeks they played. I saw this Cal, and I totally agreed with it. I don't know if uh, you saw it; it was a tweet. But the Buffalo game on the Monday night in Detroit showed that the players quit, and the Dolphins game on Monday night, this past Monday night, showed that Rex quit. Yeah, yeah, and and if you listen to him after the game, yeah, he was, he's done. Yeah, and you know to to, to play. The players are saying it too. To Anonymous play. Jets are right. saying it. Well, that's everywhere. Look, this four weeks of this season cannot end fast enough. Oh, this is this is as unenjoyable a time in football as I've had in a long. Yeah, time. Yeah, I agree, and and I tell you, it's worse than twelve, even with Tebow, because you knew Rex would be back. We weren't sure, and you knew that Tannenbaum was going to get. No, you knew Tannenbaum was going to well, get right. fired. That's true. We knew. Well, but then we knew, but we didn't know Rex would be back. Right. You, we, you right, but you you almost didn't care because you knew Tannenbaum was going to get fired. Right, and he was the guy in the crosshairs at that point. That's right, for sure. And and you you just knew it. Like now, there's two guys in the crosshairs. There's two guys in the hot seat, and you they could both go. They could both be brought back. One could go. I. You know, and then you read quotes today uh, about the players saying that the front office has checked out on us, but at least Rex still believes in us. You know, you know and they have a funny. I keep saying that they have a funny way of showing how they support this guy. I know, it's unbelievable. They, you know, these players. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. No, they they've checked out on him too. <laughs> I love when you do that. Yeah, I guess. I, I you're, guess, well, you, I you're, you're fired up, but you you, you deposit the check too early. Uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. No, but the, but the, the the point is with Rex Ryan here. This is and this is the question that I have for you. All right. If, if we're pretty comfortable saying Rex is going to get fired, I feel very comfortable. Okay. Now, do, do we also think, like you said, Rex Ryan thought that game plan was the way to win the game on Monday night? Absolutely. So. We can also be comfortable thinking that that's the way he operates still. It has still been for six years, yeah. Right? He's still, okay. And, we, and now, lastly, like you said, you can't win games in the NFL that way. Not consistently. Okay. If you add all that up in the equation, how in the world is another team going to hire him 
to be a head coach? I, I don't know. I, I don't see that. I was talking to somebody about this today who was a Jet fan and saying, oh, he'll get a head coaching job. He'll get head coaching looks right away. Really? There's, there is not a chance. He'll get defensive coordinator looks immediately. Would he do that? He's going to have to, Cal. He doesn't have to. He, he's, he could go to TV very easily. No, no, I'm saying coaching-wise. I don't see where he's getting another head coaching job. If he go, Let's say he goes to TV for two years. Yeah. Does that distance him enough where oh, yeah. Absolutely. Might, might hire him as a head coach, not as a coordinator? Yep, I think it does. If he wants to coach in the league next year, he'd have to be a defensive coordinator. I think so. And I don't think he would do that. Really? Yeah. Even in a, like a great spot? Let's yeah, say I, he let's say he could go to the Eagles. He's had the t- he's had the taste of being the head coach. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Especially him. Yes, with like, the ego that's present. Right, like Gary Kubiak went and took a step back. He's an offensive coordinator now. Yep. Oh, Rex, a, lot, a lot of guys have. Yeah, he was the first guy that came to my mind. But Rex Ryan, I I can't see that happening. But so Kubiak was, didn't have the success that Rex had either. Um, no, he didn't, he didn't get to two AFC Championship games. No, he did not. So now going back to what I was just talking about, yeah. if Rex Ryan was so interested in coaching in this league next year, yeah. he, he's already checked out. He's not, he's not evaluating players. He never really has. No. But, it, like, I mean, it's really egregious right now. Like why, that, was the, that was the most disappointing – that was the second most disappointing thing about Monday night. The first was that game plan was insulting to Geno Smith. It really was. Right. But the second was, why is Calvin Pryor only playing 23 snaps out of 59? Why is IK only playing six snaps? Well, then that well that leads into the conspiracy theory that these are the guys that Idzik gave him and he's not playing them. But he's never played them. That's the problem with the conspiracy he, he theory. Started, he started prior earlier in the year. He's never he's never done this with rookies. It's you know if if it was a big conspiracy theory, why is he giving the ball to Chris Johnson, a guy who Idzik brought in? You know why is he you know like why is he why is he Playing uh, Jason Babin for 57 snaps, a guy who Itzik brought in, a free agent signing by Itzik. I mean, yeah, I think, I, see, I think the free. I'm not. I'm not lending any credence to it because I don't believe it. But I think a free agent that he brings in is different than a rookie he's drafted. Maybe. I then think. why? I, I. I. I mean, I just didn't understand that. It's, 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 it's Rex. It's typical Rex. He he overvalues his players. He's done it forever. He's a terrible self scout. But that's and, how he's going down. And he played the guys he thought were going to give him the best chance to win the game. That's why guys like David Harris are in coverage on 44 plays. There's almost something oddly honorable about the way he's going out. Yeah, it is kind of. Right? It is kind of. Well, he's. It, I, I will say this. He wants to win. He said it over and over again. He's trying to balance evaluation with winning. Always going to. He said it in his press conferences this week. He's always going to value winning over evaluation because it's more important to his players. That's fine. That's noble. That's why his veterans love him. That's why they've always loved him. But you said it, Cal, and I totally agree with this. For guys that love him so much, they got they they gave up 200 yards to Booby Miles, whoever the <laughs> he's from. Uh, uh, Booby Miles was uh, what's that movie? Perryman. Oh, uh, Varsity Blues? No, the one, uh, the Friday Night Lights. Oh, Friday Night Lights. The movie. Oh, not the TV show. Not the TV show. Never watched the TV show, did you? Nope. 
I heard it's fantastic. I've heard the same. I feel like I should maybe, maybe binge watch that. Go ahead. Nothing's stopping me. You got all the time in the world. Yeah, I'm just swimming in it. Yeah. Swimming. Um, I still got to watch Newsroom, for goodness sake. Good. They, no, he. They go out on that field and they perform the way that they do. And they, to a man, will we'll talk about how much they love playing for him. Right. It's, it's, it's just so hollow. It, it really is. You know? And th- look, there's so much bad going on with this team. Let's fast forward four weeks. Okay? Because I <laughs> the great thing about us with this, with, uh, with this Jets team is that every sort of week, like we haven't done a show in two weeks, every sort of week on the show we need to check in and give our predictions. So how about now? <laughs> Two weeks ago, we asked uh, we asked Crystal Presti and, and, and Dom Cosentino and, and Joe Cap, uh, Caparoso from Turn on the Jets. We asked them this question: Itzik fired, not fired, uh, lauded. I don't know what's the what's the other option there. It's either fired or not fired. Right. It could be extended. I don't think his contract's going to be extended. But um, okay, so Itzik. Can we get like a crazy sound effect and uh, sound effect and graphic after you say this? It's like bang, <laughs> right? It's either a buzzer or or a bell, <laughs> right? I love it. Or his face on a flag and we goes one way or the other. Yes, I think my 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 gut keeps telling me he's going to be here. Really? Yeah. Because it's the wrong move. And I have no faith in this organization. <clears throat> Do you? Let me just piggyback that for a second. And, and I'll, then you answer. And, and then I'll say, well... You don't get off the hook. I know it's your show, but you still have to answer. I'm the host. I get the car. The question is moot. <laughs> um, great, underrated Saturday Night Live sketch yeah, with yeah. Jesse Jackson. Um, <laughs> so who gets the car? I get the car. <laughs> the question is moot. I'm the host. Um, do do you have any sort of any sort of idea like what Woody Johnson thinks? Like we we have owners of our teams here in New York, even the teams we root for, the teams we don't root for, but that are here. Is there a more enigmatic? That's a word. It is enigmatic. Thank you. Yeah. I think I threw an eye in there. An I- um, enigmatic. Enigmatic. <laughs> an enigmatic uh, owner than Woody Johnson. Like we know, you know, Fred Wilpon's often swayed by public opinion and broke. We know that you know the the Steinbrenners are going to do what they do. Uh, you know that uh, you the Maras know, are classy. The Maras are classy, no matter what they're doing, uh, with one hand in your pocket on your PSL. They're classy at all times. No, but you know what you know what you get out of the Maras and the Roonies, you know, right. or, or um, not the Mar- uh, the Roonies, the uh, who's the other Tishes. Thank you. Like at the end of a bad season, the Maras will come out and say, "This is unacceptable. We're going to fix it," and you feel good about that, right? 
right? You know what you're getting out of Jimmy Dolan. Like, Jimmy Dolan's nuts. He's terrible. You know he's going... If there's a move to be made, Jim Dolan's going to make the wrong move. We know what to expect out of Wong, you know, Charles Wong. Like, he has no money. He's never going to have money. He's hoping that Garth Snow has built this team into a winner. We know what to expect out of all these people. And then there's Woody. And Cal, I have no idea. He's been swayed by public opinion in the past. Then he's been ignored public opinion in the past. He's hired. He's made good hires. He's made terrible hires. He's kept Terry Bradway around for for like 10 years. He's been drawn to spotlight players. He's spent money in free agency. He's been cheap. He's been impulsive. He's been for far. Right. He's been completely like a glacial in other, you know, removing Rex Ryan, for example. Removing Terry Bradway. Removing Terry Bradway. Like, I have. He could literally do anything right now. I don't know. He's like a four year old. I don't. He's like, literally anything could happen. Is he is he going to wake up and feel like being a good guy? I don't know. Is he going to be Wolf? Is he going to put his clothes on, get ready for school? He might not today. I don't know what to expect out of Woody Johnson. And that's why... I think we know that he's going to wear a hat. He's going to wear a hat and probably a green and white tie. Right. And he's really wealthy. Other than that? That's it. No, I just don't know how he behaves as an owner, right? You You just summed it up. He's done it all. We don't know. He's been Steinbrenner one minute. He's been the Wilpons the next. You have no idea what to expect. Which which makes it hard to trust that he's going to do the right thing or anything because, because he's got he's got extremely big decisions, bigger decisions than he's had in years, maybe ever as and, a Jet owner. And and only two years ago, and 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 only two years ago, we thought that was like decision 2012. Like we thought that was it. With Tebow and Tannenbaum and six and ten and Sanchez and the butt fumble and everything, like we thought that at that point the fan base is not going to get lower, apathy is not going to get worse, the fan base is not going to self hate more than it does. And guess what? We were wrong. They have. They self hate more now. Mm-hmm. Self loathe, I should say. I'm loath to use the word hate. You see what I did there? Everybody sees what you did there. Um, so I, I just don't know. To answer your question, my gut tells me he will fire at sick. was your question. I am the host. I your get, show. I get what? the, that's correct. I get the car. Ooh-wee. Um. So you think he's going to fire him? I do. Okay. But I'm not sure why. You're not sure why he would fire him, or you're not sure why you think he's going to fire him? No, I'm sure... I'm both. <laughs> because it could be, is it going to be public sentiment? No. Or is it because he's going to fire him because he doesn't think he's done a good job? The problem with that is that if he does fire him, you have now empowered a whole segment right. of fans. They're, they're going to think they that think that they got him fired. Yeah. You know, two, two and ten right. and no <laughs> talent on the field. <laughs> has nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with it. it. Right. No, it, was, it, was, it was your billboard and your towels that you're handing out before the Patriots game. I, I, but I, but uh, honestly, Cal, I don't know the answer to that question. My we'll, gut tells we'll me... Check, two weeks, we'll check back and we'll answer the question again. Yeah. My gut tells me he is going to fire him, but is it going to be because of public sentiment, 
sentiment about the team, or is it because he he has given up on the plan? Well, we'll never know. We'll never know the reason why he fires him. Because he, he will just – he'll come out and say that the team needs to go in a different direction. Right. Which they do. Well, well, they do, but we won't know again right. with Woody Johnson. We won't know if he's if he's telling the truth. Okay, so Rex, I think we both feel I'm I'm in comfy shoes on this one. I yeah, I'm, you know my shoes are. I got a little blister on my ankle. Uh, I got jet, I got my jet slippers on. Okay, I'm wearing Crocs. <laughs> you doing surgery or are you a chef? No, <laughs> are you a resident? Or are you a chef? I'm in the ER, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that who the the two people that acceptable uh, that are acceptable to wear Crocs? Crocs? Um to work. To work. Chefs and Chefs and Crocs. residents. That's yeah. it. Um okay, so How about me, quarterbacks? No, I can't I can't go that far because it all matters It depends on Yeah, it, it just it, the only thing that matters is who's the GM and who's the coach. Yeah, well we'll we'll come back to that. Do you want Harbaugh? Because that that heated up over the last two weeks, and especially over the last week. Yeah. Um, and there's there's I'm sorry, don't mean to cut off your train of thought, but there's speculation that he wouldn't want necessarily personnel control. Right. He just wants a GM he agrees with. So maybe he has a GM in mind that he brings in with him, or it's six days. Maybe Itzik's that guy. I don't know. Who, because Itzik is a quote-unquote cap guy and is going to turn over. Look, you know, Joe Cap. again, we always tout their stuff, but he wrote a really great article about the Jets today that every Jet fan should read about it's not a circus necessarily. It's a house divided because there are elements of Terry Bradway and Ira Axelrod, who's, who's an attorney who has Woody Johnson's ear, and Neil Glatt, and there are all these holdovers from the Tannenbaum era, and the, the the Jet Scouting Department right now is run primarily by Terry Bradway, who is a fired GM for this team. And in fairness, you know, Itzik's uh, brought in some of his guys, but they're all in scouting positions. They're not in you know pro player development positions. They're not in the the head of college scouting. That's Terry Bradway. There are eight hundred chefs in the kitchen. All wearing Crocs. All <laughs> So either fire them all, or if you're going to keep it sick, let him just clean out everybody and have his guys. I, just, I, feel, I feel like it's going to be a hybrid, and it's not going to be it's not going to be one way or the other. Right. Well, the hybrid does. doesn't work. The hybrid doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's not going to stop him from doing it. There's too many different philosophies. Look, when you're running a football team, right, there are a number of philosophies that come into play. These coaches, these players, these scouting departments, they have philosophies. They have players that they're trying to look for. And obviously, John Itzik and the scouts that he's brought in are looking for different players than Terry Bradway is. And yet, Terry Bradway is in charge of, I, I hate to say this, but he's, he's writing the reports. He's making the recommendations. It's just it's a disaster. It I don't it, want it is. No? Well, look, I don't like the guy. I see that's that's I feel like I would regret it. Yeah. By his remorse? A caveat emptor. <laughs> Touche. Buyer beware. I yes, thanks. 
translation. So let me marry the <laughs> marry him up. Let me marry him up. Do you? <laughs> let me New marry York Jets. No, I was thinking more. Let me marry these ketchups. Oh, did you ever uh, work in a restaurant, Cal? Never did. You never waited a table. Nope. I set up. I set up tables in a banquet hall. Never waited them though. That counts. You did catering then. Yeah, I suppose. Okay. There's something at the end of the night called marrying. You marry the ketchups. You marry the. Oh, you take the the bottles and you. Right. You you have like five ketchup bottles. Uh, three of them are half filled. You know, you take the other two and you fill them up. And then you put water in the rest. That's it. Then you water down the rest. That's what you do. So let me marry this up. Let me marry the ketchup bottles here. Mm-hmm. We could be looking at the Jets and the Giants in the market for a coach. Together for the first time in uh, fifteen years. Yeah, really long time. Parcells. Ninety-seven. When the Giants hired Fossil. Fossil. When Reeves quit. When Reeves. Or Reeves was relieved. Relieved. Yeah. Well, that's what the Giants do. The Giants don't fire people. No, no. Unless you're Ray Hanley. Ray Hanley got fired. I think Ray Hanley was the only guy they felt completely comfortable firing. I also feel like we haven't ever seen Ray Hanley since. Never seen him. Right? He's he's like Walt Michaels. I mean, um, yeah, Walt Michaels. Walt Michaels, Al Groh. Al Groh. Well, Al Groh went to Virginia. Michael? Yeah, he went to Virginia. I'm I'm not uh, not Walt Michaels. Um, Joe Walton. Joe Walt. Walt Michaels, you never saw again because he was drunk and had a problem. I, that's you got to read if you've never read the book. Um, it's an old book now, and it doesn't hold as much. You know, so much has gone on with the Jets in the last seventeen years, like since Parcells came in and rescued them. Right. Um, you know, they've uh, up and coming into this year, they had only had four non five hundred seasons. They had made the playoffs seven times. They had been to three AFC Championship games. Like they had the same amount of losing seasons as the Giants in that time. Um, and they've been to the same amount of championship games. It's just the Giants won their three, and the Jets lost their three. Um, so the Jets have had more success than most NFL teams in this right. time. But there's a great book written by Gerald Izansky, who wrote for the Jets, wrote was the beat guy for the Jets for the New York Times for years. And I want to say the book is probably from like 90... Oh, I got to look it up. It's called uh, Gangrene, like 39 Years of uh, Football and Futility. And it's a great, it's just a great book. It really is a fantastic book. Uh-huh. Great stories about like Richard Todd throwing Serby in the locker, like that famous story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Gastineau. And there's a great story in there about Joe Walton, I mean, uh, Walt Michaels after they lost the championship game. To Miami in 82. Yeah. Uh, Where he got... I don't want to mess it up, but he got drunk on the plane. He couldn't take the loss. Couldn't take it. Didn't he... Was that his last season? Yeah. He didn't come back after that. No. But he, he held like... They had like a press conference the next day at Hofstra, and he was clearly hungover. And like they, that was it for him. Like he was just gruff and 
Ah, uh, I, I, I got to read that book again. Let me see. I'm, I'm, let me, let me punch that up. It's such a great book, Cal. Why don't you read that while you're uh, watching Friday Night Lights? <laughs> Same time. Um, but it, so your point is these guys just disappear. Well, the, those particular guys disappeared. Right. Yes. Gangrene and a an irreverent look behind the scenes at thirty thirty eight parentheses well thirty seven seasons of New York Jets football futility and it was yeah, wow. written, and it was written in ninety eight. Oh so wow! It was written right before they went to the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship game, and it's written by Gerald uh, Eskenazi. I messed that name up. Mm. Eskenazi taking your card away. Who was the uh, the Times uh, Jets beat reporter for a long time? And the book was phenomenal. The book was phenomenal, and it tells the story of of uh, Walt Michaels and how he never coached again. It's really good. You should check it out. Huh? Christmas is coming, Cal. Don't get it. Don't hey, don't listen. get it just yet. Don't I'm get glad it. my wife is listening. <laughs> Said never. She's not listening now. Or whenever anybody else is listening to this That's later in the weekend. So what did the Giants do? How? Because they just lost to the Jaguars after blowing a twenty-one nothing lead. The Jaguars are what? They were one in nine. One they in were one in ten. One in ten. That isn't. Look. Talk about quitting. I mean, that is a disgrace. That's really bad. I think he's got to be showing the door. He's got to be. There's a chance that he won't. Yeah. I can, I can very easily see them just getting rid of Perry Fuel. And that's the move. And that's the move. And bringing Spags back. As the heir apparent. Maybe. The Ron Earhart. Maybe. The Earhart apparent. <laughs> He was the Giants' offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, he was. But uh, Bob McAdoo might be the heir apparent. Well, isn't That's he supposed problem. to be the heir apparent? Right. So are you going to bring another guy in? Who's <laughs> the heir apparent? And let hey, them... how many heirs we got around here? <laughs> Tom Coughlin don't put on heirs. Nope. He don't. He, he has a number of them on his coaching staff, but he does not put them on. And put them on. And Look. he's and and he's earned the the dignity. Ah, oh, In being like. Put him on the horse and carriage out the door. I he doesn't deserve this. I seldom think about things from this viewpoint, Cal. But I, because I'm a Jet fan, I don't know what I would do if I was a Giant fan right now. I think, you know, I feel like most Giant fans want him to be reti- retired. Re- retired, yeah. I I think I would I I'm I'm telling you I don't know if I'd want to be a giant not want to be a giant fan right now but it's a rough time to be a giant fan right now because you have you've been given two Super Bowls by this guy and this quarterback this coach and this quarterback and it's clear that I mean do you think that Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning are getting to another Super Bowl You know they I I just I don't I don't see it anytime soon Right so Eli Manning's another problem, but I—it's rough. It really is. 
Yeah. Because you want to be loyal and you want to be thankful and you want to be gracious and you want to, but the guy's going to miss the playoffs for the fifth out of the sixth year, you know, or fourth out of the fifth year, right? Yeah. And no, they've been really bad over the last like thirty-two games or yeah, games or whatever. It's, it's it is. even more than that. It's two and a half years. I think they're like eleven and nineteen out of the last forty or something, or eleven and twenty out of the last forty-one. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it would be. Don't you think it would be super interesting though for the Jets and the Giants to be in the market for a head coach at the same time because they're going to hire unbelievably disparate coaches. Right. It's they, it would be very interesting, and there's there's nothing in the world that would make me think that a coach is going to come in with both jobs open and take the Jet job over the over Giant the Giant job. job. Although, although, and I've said this. I said this, you know, two years ago when they hired a GM. The only thing unattractive about the Jet job two years ago, well, there was a number of things unattractive about the Jet job two years ago. One was you have to keep Rex Ryan. Oh, the, the Jet GM job. Yes. The other one was um, you're up against the cap. You're completely screwed against the cap. Whoever comes in to be the Jets GM, the, the Jets GM job is very attractive. It could be. It it is. Because you you're gonna get to hire your own coach. So you'll be on the same program and you're gonna have about forty million dollars in cap space and then top five pick. That's a nice and you, you do still have fifteen draft picks from the last two years on the roster. You know, there are a couple of which who are playing well and a couple of which who, by the way, haven't been retired just because they got hurt. Right. Um, so you, the Jets GM job is attractive, and I, I, I have always disagreed with the fact that the Jets head coaching job is not attractive. It is. Is it more attractive than the Giants job? No. Maybe not. But they have the best facility in football. The Jets do? Yes. In Florham Park? Yes. And I, and I, I have that on good authority. Oh. I can tell you what it is. Not like no. any sort of big no. secret. No, you know my friend, my friend John McNally. His dad was Jim McNally, the the uh, offensive line coach for all those a Hall of Fame offensive line coach, right? Uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals through all those years with Anthony Munoz, and and he became the Giants' offensive line coach and was there when they went to the Super Bowl in 2000, and then he a few years ago was a consultant for the Jets, um, not an offensive line coach, but just did some consulting with the Jets, and so John got brought to. Uh, John got to go to the complex at Florham Park, and it was like the first or second year it opened. And John said, it's the best facility I've ever been in. My dad says, it's the best facility he's ever been in. Wow. And this is a guy who's been in the NFL for, you know, 35 years. He said, it's one, it's, it's, it's probably the best training facility in the NFL for players. So, I mean, that's there. That's something. That's important. That's where guys spend all their time. Yeah, that's where players spend all that time. Hey, regardless, I think the I think the idea that the Jets' job is not a desirable one is ridiculous. It's New York. They're they're the fifth most uh, most valuable franchise in the NFL, by the way. I mean, it's still New York. Yeah. And you have the you have the big one, Cal. If you win a Super Bowl, it's the Nick thing, right? Uh, yeah. 
If you win a Super Bowl as the coach of this Jets team, you will be a deity in New York. Well, no, it's not like the Knicks because the Jets aren't the Giants. I I disagree. No, I I disagree with you. So you all right? <laughs> so the, <laughs> good day then, sir. It is my show. Yeah. Well, I I guess somebody doesn't want to be asked back. Very well, I agree. <laughs> You think that's just because the Knicks are the Giants and the Jets are the Nets? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, like. But the Jets, not, the Jets are, are are a storied franchise in this town, are they not? I don't think they're storied. I don't. Oh, think, come on, they've been around for fifty six years or fifty four years. I don't. I don't think the junior teams in New York, our teams, are storied franchises. They're good franchises. They're valuable franchises. They're in New York. I think baseball and football are different. I don't see it. The The Mets won a World Series in 1986. The Jets won Super Bowl three. It's hard to win a Super Bowl. Well, the Giants won two in seven years. Giants have won four overall. Right. It's not, not my point. My point is... Not that hard. Do you... They've won approximately 20% of all the Super Bowls. Okay. No, 10%. How many Super Bowls have there been? They're, they're around like 48. So 12%. Fine. <laughs> Einstein, listen, take your math elsewhere, all right? Is that even right? No. I don't know. That's 12%. The point is this. Are the Jets not a starving fan base? Yes. Okay. Are they not a storied New York team with a history with Joe Namath? Storied. I, I disagree with the word storied. But they are a New York team with Joe Namath. That I will agree with. <laughs> that you will concede? Those facts are indisputable. These are the facts of the case. Thank you, Kevin Bacon. Um, fine. I, I, look, it's, it's, look it's, if you come here and the, coach, if I, you win a Super Bowl, it. you are never going to pay for a meal in this town. You're not. To the Jet fan, it would be the greatest thing that ever happened. To the casual New York sports fan, it would not be as big a deal as if the Giants won the Super Bowl. We don't know that, though. I don't believe that. If the I don't Jets, know that. Of course I don't know that. The Jets, but the Jets haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. Right, you don't think, like you like if the Jets get to the Super Bowl, you don't think all of New York gets behind them? We saw it a couple of years ago. They had taken over the city. In 2010, when they were playing that AFC Championship game against the Steelers, Cal, there were Jet jerseys everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. They had taken over the city. Rex wrote it in his stupid book. Now, how'd that work out? Oh, man. He had to do it. He had to just poke the bear. He had to. Couldn't just write a book about the Patriots. Had to put in there, in three years, no one will even talk about the Giants in this town. Yeah, really? Except that they're just going to win the Super Bowl this year, you idiot. Thanks to your 99-yard touchdown, the, the tackling of the one brilliant Kyle Wilson. Now I'm angry. Good job, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> I, I I think it would be extraordinarily interesting if both head coaching jobs are open, only because they will they are such disparate franchises. Do you think we're headed that way? Yes. Okay. I do, and the Giants are going to hire a classy. 
coach. Mr. Peanut? That's correct. No, they're going to hire... They're like wearing a, a monocle. Another salty Irishman, you know, who's a family man. And the Jets are going to hire, you know, Kelly Gallagher. You know, so that's, <laughs> the, that's the difference. I'll tell you, if Dan, if Dan Quinn gets the job, I started reading some of his interviews. Dan Quinn from the Seahawks? Yeah. I started reading some of his coordinator interviews, right? The transcripts of them. Yeah. I'll tell you what. They're going to be in for a big surprise. <laughs> the beat writers are good. Because I could see the Giants hire him, the way he talks. Yeah. And if the Jets hire him, he is decidedly not a Jet coach. I mean, he's like he's like Mangini with like a little personality. I feel. <laughs> I feel like the Jets would move away from a defensive guy. I, again, it comes back. Who to, knows? You just don't know what Woody Johnson's going to do, and it depends on who the GM is. And I, he should I, be out there right now offering John Gruden a boatload <laughs> of money. Right. Right. Or he could just promote uh, Dunbar. <laughs> right. <laughs> be the coach and neither one of those things would surprise me he could hire rich co-type and we wouldn't even know it he could hire him back take him out of retirement take him and his prostate out of retirement um all right let's move on here to the mets it's important we do so if only briefly very very briefly please i am look I, I say this from a place of love. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen you like this. And we've been in a lot of places with the Mets. And I and and I agree with you. We have in principle on the idea that the Mets brass and hierarchy, and players are selling you optimism based on nothing. <laughs> really based on signing Michael Kadire. And, and, Matt and getting Matt Harvey back. And getting um, Bobby Parnell back. So they're, they're really selling you optimism based on nothing. Super tangible. This is a 79-win team, kind of, who beat, who beat nobody down the stretch. Nobody. Nobody. Like, they got to 79 wins by beating terrible teams and getting tarred by the Nats. That's, that's it. I mean, they finished with the same record as, as the Braves. Right. They, so, played, they played bad teams. The only good team they played was the Nats, and they lost every game. And they lost every game. So, so they got to 79 wins by beating really bad teams over the last 40 days of the season. Right, which nobody, nobody even remembers because nobody was paying attention. Right. Like, oh, well, they beat the Braves. The, the Braves finished with the same record as the Mets. Braves were a bad team. However, I still have that little spot that does... I'm not buying it, however... You want to buy it. No, no. I'm just more optimistic than... I've been in the recent past because of the potential of the rotation okay. and because I did see development out of players like Travis Darno okay. or uh, Juan Ligares. Okay. Um, 
I I think they can be good. I think they can be competitive. I don't think they're going to be nearly as good as they keep telling us they're going to be. That's or, my that's my problem. Or all Met fans believe. Yes. They've all decided that this is it. But you hate them right now. I do. I I'm, do. I must know why. Well, that be well. You you said it. Well, it's my, it's my show. So, That's my job. Nothing more to say here. That's it. Moving on. They're selling optimism based on nothing. That's it. And a name comes up, and sources say, not interested. Another name comes up, could potentially help the team, not interested. Eric Cabrera, all-star shortstop a year ago, non-tendered by the Padres, available. Character issues. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just putting. We're, we're all set. We tended to Ruben Tejada. We tended Ruben Tejada. Yeah. What was he? There was another one that came up. There was, um, oh, the, uh, the, they're not interested in a right-hand platoon partner to Lucas Duda. Because Lucas Duda earned his his chance at hitting lefties. And they're not thinking of Kadir that way. Apparently not, because dude is going to play against lefties. So maybe they're interested in another right-handed outfield bat. But every right-handed outfield bat that comes up, they're not interested. But isn't Kadir a righty? He is. So why would you need another righty outfield bat? He's going to start who for Granderson against lefties. So you're going to platoon Curtis Granderson I making... Making $16 million a year or whatever. Well, I think maybe against a tough lefty. Now you got me pissed off. Right? Oh, uh, Cole Hamels is pitching tonight. Well, we're going to rest either Granderson or Duda. Right. So who, gonna, who gets the rest there? Right. One of them will. Someone that you, I, I can guarantee you that Granderson and Duda will not be in the lineup together against the lefty. Not if Terry Collins is managing the team. I'll tell you what, you got to go lefty-righty. <laughs> I can't believe how disgusted I am with Terry Collins. In, Shoot, that's the only way to manage. On December 4th. I hate him so much. With those those wide eyes and those old men. We just got to get Ruben going. Got to get him going. Are they going to do something at the winter meetings? No. Yeah, I agree. No. I don't, they're all set, I don't Cal. Think, they're I don't all think set. I think Sammy Alderson's going to go. <laughs> like, he may he may send a low-level right. management he, trainee. He won't even send Dee Podesta or no. Ricciardi. Uh, He'll just, that's, I'm good. Maybe Rick. Maybe Rico. Maybe Rico. Rico. <laughs> maybe Rico gets to go. Rico, listen, we're going to need you to go to the meeting. Show your face. That's it. Just hang out at the hotel. Every now and then, pop your head down. There's really no way around the idea that nothing's changed. Nothing. I mean, Sandy Alderson is still going to do what he does, which is not spend money, not look at free agents, run the team on a shoestring budget, and even if he had money to spend, or if he, he or if he wanted to spend money, he doesn't have any to spend. He doesn't have any. When, even, when, did, when did the Wilpons financial crisis get solved? And even if he had the money, he wouldn't spend it. And if he had, the, that's right. Both ways. It's not even chicken and the egg. 
Oh. It's there's two eggs there. <laughs> it's over easy. It's a catch twenty two though. It really is. I don't I don't trust in Alderson to spend the money and or make the trade. He won't make the trade either, Cal. There are clear ways to improve this team. He's not willing to do clear and easy. They're like two He's, tweaks away from right. fixing from being really good. Okay, so so this is the worst time in the history of baseball to have an abundance of pitching, obviously, because it's the Mets. They've collected all this pitching, and I now nobody I, wants. I don't it. remotely agree with that. Okay. I think that's the most ridiculous statement of all time. They have young, under control pitching. Okay, but they're not going to trade any of them. <laughs> that's different than the worst time ever. I know. This could be the best time. This could be festival, like just party lights and 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 disco balls. And this could be the 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 80s at Studio 54. This could be amazing. The best time to have young pitching. Not if you don't trade any of it. Well, now what I will say is, if teams are asking for either Wheeler or Degrom and Syndergaard in a package, I don't blame them. I'm, but but I'm not doing that. But I'm I'm not making. I'm not saying to make that trade, Cal. But get creative. If you're going to trade Cinder, if you're saying that Syndergaard and or um, the two guys that are untouchable are Harvey and Degrom right now, you would say, right? I would say Wheeler too. If you, I, I okay, would say if okay. You say, if you say Degrom, you say Wheeler too. Okay, so fine. Those three guys are untouchable. You still have four tremendous pitching prospects. Four. Four. Tremendous might be pushing it. Syndergaard is a top 10 right-handed pitching prospect in baseball, Cal. Who spent an entire year at AAA. Yeah, because that wasn't because he didn't he wasn't going to come up. He spent an entire tri- year at AAA because they didn't want to start his clock, and then he got hurt, and then they just kept him there. Did he get hurt? Yeah, he did. Remember, he separated his shoulder. He missed like four starts. It doesn't matter. The point is, they're the Mets. They didn't bring him up. Yeah. Syndergaard is still a very highly regarded prospect, Cal. Montero is still a very highly regarded prospect. Steven Matz is probably a higher regarded prospect than any of them because he's a lefty. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Do you have to get Starling Castro? No. No. But that's what I'm saying. You well, could, you, but- you could, you could trade, you could trade, I'm sorry, you could trade Noah Syndergaard in a package and get a shortstop. Who? I, I'm, I'm sure you could get one. Who? We've talked about this all the time. Sandy Alderson wants to take your pants down and then take your wife out to dinner. It's not enough for him to just make a trade. That's right. He's got to embarrass you in front of your friends. So that when when your friends see the trade that you made, they go, wow, dude. (laughs) Alderson Alderson just branded you. And then he wears your pants. That's right. Puts them on. While he's out on the date with your wife. Over his... Existing slacks that he's wearing, and his sweater vest. This way, he just puts them on, and, and then tries to be funny about it. His uh, uh, fleece vest. Right. See, you get it. Fleece. Fleece. That's why he wears. There a fleece it is. Vest. Come on, you're you're telling me that you can't get a, a, a shortstop to upgrade that position for Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, you know what you do. You spend a little money. Margin. Spend a little money and go sign as Dribble Cabrera. Boom. Spend some money. They don't have it to spend. They have it. See, they have it. They don't. I think they have it. Who has it? Who? 
with a $450 million bond coming due on the stadium this year? Who has money? You tell me what the payroll is going to be on April 1st. You tell me. 95, 96 and you're, and, and what is it now? It's close to that. With the signing of Kadir. It's close right? to that. Okay. What's it up from last year on April 1? It was like 88. Yeah, so they went up. So, look, there you go. Progress. They won seven more games. They increased their payroll. Are you telling me that's, the fence is in. that's all because of Sandy Alderson? That if Sandy Alderson no. wasn't here and Omar Minaya was, their payroll would be $120 million? No, of course it's not all because of Sandy Alderson. They don't have the scratch. It's both. It's, it's, it's a team effort over there. And I think that's the thing that everybody's got to remember. It's not Sandy Alderson. It's not the Wilpons. It's not Terry Collins. It's all of them. They're all a big mess. And they're all complicit in this together. So everybody likes to pin the blame on one faction of this. Oh, the Wilpons are broke. They've got no money. Ah, oh, Sandy Alderson likes to operate on a shoestring budget. He doesn't, you know, Terry Collins is an old school manager. Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not one or the other. It's all of them together. It's it's just a recipe for disaster. Do you think if they go into the season right now, as they're currently constituted, are they a competitive team? They're a 500 team. Health to everyone with Harvey... <laughs> and good wishes to and all. And good wishes to all. Harvey, DeGrom, Wheeler, Nice, G. Harvey, DeGrom, Wheeler, Nice, and G. Yeah, you're missing... Cologne. I no, I'm not. Oh, you're trading Cologne? Those are my five starters. I don't care if Bartolo Cologne's I don't care what he's doing. I don't Cologne. care if he's my long man. No. Cologne's gonna be in the rotation. Fine. Put G in the put G in the bullpen. I Fine. Like G's your long guy. That's what it's gonna have to be. You're telling me that rotation is a five hundred team? Yes. With the same offense. The rotation is probably a competitive rotation. They're going to get him two runs a game. So make him make a stick. Due to Murphy, Tejada, Wright. Tejada? Kadire, Ligaris. He's not going to play Flores. That's true. Tejada, uh, I mean... Are you uh, going around the diamond? I thought you were listing a lineup. No, Kadire. Yeah, I'm hitting, I'm hitting Ruben Tejada fourth. Third. Yeah. Um, right, I'm hitting him third. Um, Kadire, Ligaris, Granderson, Deneau. Denor. Denord. Um yeah, that's not a that's not that's not doing it. You tell me. It's not. You answered your own question. If Flores is in there it's uh, no. not doing it. No. It's not doing it. I'm sorry. Now, if if Granderson and Wright come out of the gates hot and yeah. they make you think, oh, maybe maybe they, they you know, they hooked up to the juvenation machine. <laughs> At the road to Wellville? <laughs> um, then maybe you change your mind. Right okay. now, I don't. I'm. I'm not counting on them. Right. To return to well, to their peak performance. Well, you're alone there. I know that. Hence the optimism. Right. Also, dude is going to hit 40 home runs this year. Well, they moved the fences in. They moved the fences in, and he really had a great year last year, but it was only for part of the year. Right, he's playing every day now, and he's comfortable. He's won the job. No Ike Davis around. Sure. 
40, 40 home runs. It's okay. just, I can't, listen, do something. Do, show me that you're trying to improve the team. Don't bring a Jerry Blevins in for the bullpen. It's not, not going to help. This team doesn't require a tweak here or there to put them over the top. I think and that's, that's the what problem. You're gonna, yeah. And that's what you're going to get. I think that's what I think that's our problem. I think that's what they're selling us. Right. And don't sell us on that. I'm buying it. <laughs> All right. I was born on a day that wasn't yesterday. <laughs> okay, we got it. Hey, we got to do one more sports thing and then I want to bring PJ back. Okay. The uh your New York Islanders are 18 and 7. No. 19 and 7, sorry. Yes. Uh, after their win tonight, uh, taking a home-and-home home from the Ottawa Senators. Um, uh, Yaroslav Halak broke a 34, 33-year-old record um, of Billy Smith's by winning his 11th straight uh, game as a goalie. I, uh, you know, we've been talking about the Islanders for five years on this show. Um, it, this is not... Um, like a new team for us. This is uncharted territory in the last five years. This is uncharted territory in the last thirty years. Yeah, no, no. I'm saying for 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 this team, right? Uh, or for our podcast. Um, I think what's most impressive, or what's been most impressive to me over the last week or so is them, uh, the Islanders, being able to do this while down a Johnny Boychuk, while down, and they lost Lumiere uh, Visnowski. Now they lost Travis Hamanek. Travis Hamanek didn't play tonight. I'll go a step further. Those are three of their top defenders. And their first line is not... They're not playing... They're not a, fir- they're not a first line in the NHL right now. Yeah. But they're not an elite first line. In the they're NHL. not an elite first line, right? Yeah. And they're getting secondary scoring five on five. They got a power play goal tonight, which was good to see. Finally. Um, but they're getting secondary scoring five on five. I saw a great stat tonight as uh, Casey Zizekas had the game winner on a great pass from Hickey. Um, and it was the island, or, you know, Casey Zizekas has four goals now. The entire Penguins' fourth line to date this season has four points. So they're getting scoring, secondary scoring, five-on-five five scoring. Tertiary scoring. Tertiary scoring. Uh, ancillary scoring. They're getting uh, all the uh, scoring five-on-five five from secondary sources, which is huge. It takes a lot of pressure off John Tavares. Right. Um, what I'm most pleased about, Besides, you know, watching every game, and you and I have watched 40, 50 games a year for this team for a while, uh, be they good or bad, um, especially early early in seasons. You you probably watch more. I, I've been a good, solid 40, 50. Two years ago, I was probably closer to 60 or 70. But regardless, we've been watching this team for a long time. We've watched them grow. I feel like, Bri, it's sustainable this season. I don't feel fluky right now. You sustainable throughout throughout this season or for years? Sustainable for years is a different conversation. I do feel that, but I but I'm just dealing in the now, okay, and in the present, and this team for this year, 
and it is a special year. So you, so you, it's sustainable for them to play at a 700 clip for the rest of the year. I don't know about a 700 clip, but uh, the 600. But they should be a hundred point team. Yeah, I could see them being a hundred point team. Realistically and comfortably, I could see them being a hundred point team, and the biggest part of it, Brian, is the goaltending. Yep, and and it's the goaltender at this point. Yeah, yeah. Because the backup is is not backup's not been good at all. Good. Yeah, he struggled, but Yaroslav Halak looks the part to me, and he's done it, and he's done it before. No history of this, I would be far more skeptical. <laughs> what's interesting? It. What's interesting about Halak is that. He started off the season very shaky. Yes. Well, I think, and and I think somebody, uh, maybe it was Kinger or whatever, the radio guy, or maybe it was uh, Arthur Staple, made a great point about Stapes. Stapes. You have to. to every to every hockey person has a nickname. Kinger Stapes. Stapes. Uh, the organization Brooksy in the organization. Uh, you know, Zeker just uh, got down there, and uh, you know, Matty Martz uh, just uh, you know. I put a good look on him, and, uh, you know, it uh, found its way into the net. Um, is that Yaroslav Halak was getting very used to his defensemen, getting vocal, positioning them. I think it took a little time, especially with Boychuk and Letty, two guys who had been brought in a week before the season, um, for them to sort of gel, for him to sort of feel comfortable about his angles, comfortable knowing where defensemen were going to be, Um and he's just playing at such a high level right now. Such an unbelievably high level. It's so fun to watch. This team yeah. is fun to watch every night. It is. It is. And it's like when they lose, it's a, it's a strange feeling. Like, I'm not used to them losing. Yep. I should be because they've lost my entire life <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. But when they lose, like they lost last Friday to Washington. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, that's... This is weird. Yeah, what's going on here? Why they- and you have the, you're starting to have the com- uh, the confidence while you're watching that they're not going to lose. Um, yeah, that they're going to find they're, a, they're they're find a way to win. That's right. Because that's what they haven't really, as a team. Uh, now Halak has been dominant, but as a team, they have not consistently outplayed their opponent no. over the last couple of weeks. But they're finding ways to win, and they're hanging in there and capitalizing on the opportunity they get. And they may only get one to, yep. get, that, to get that game-winning goal, Yes. but then they capitalize on it. Yeah, and the, the scoring from the defensemen is just, you know, be it assists or goals, is just... I mean, I think they're already halfway or past the halfway to their total for all of last year. Yeah, they are. In, in points for defensemen. It's such Goals, a huge, yeah. you know, such a huge difference. You know, and the depth. You see the depth. They, you know, Travis Hamonic out of the lineup tonight. They call up Griffin Reinhardt, jumps in. Matt Matt Donovan's done a great job. He's done a great job since being activated. You know, Brian Strait's playing on a nightly basis, and they've won three out of the four games. You know, and he's and, like and he's a, you know, a pylon, <laughs> and not Richie Pylon. Um, it's, it's, Corey Conacher stinks, though. Yes, he does. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he's he's he stinks. But he's, he's buying time, though. Cal stinks on a team on on this team on this yeah, Islander. Team, I agree. He sticks agree. out like a sore thumb. Whereas on previous years' teams, he'd be on the second line. Yeah, and that's what that's the. 
and I, I don't mean to pick on Corey Conacher, but he's proving my point. I do. Let's pick, pick on him. We can pick on all we want. That but shrimp. He's proving my – he really is an awful hockey player. But he's, he's proving – He's not good at hockey. He's proving my point. Well, professional hockey. He's very good at hockey. Just, I'm sure he's better than us. Yeah. He's right. far, far better than us. So who are we to say? Yes. He's a likable A player. He really is. It's, pr- it's proving my point with this team that the depth that they have this year is, is what's really the backbone of the team. Right, the, the, the depth, depth that they built, right? The depth that they built, and that's a credit to Garth Snow, who took a lot of crap for a lot of years. A lot of crap, but he, but he developed this depth, right? Through the draft, through free agent signings, and through not trading, and through not trading, and he, and he picked his moment trades. Right. Yeah, Corey Conacher. I mean, I, if if you're going to tell me that you know Cal Clutterbuck couldn't play tonight, if you're going to and Michael Grabner came back for his first game of the season after missing the first 25, if you're going to tell me that you're going to sit Josh Bailey for Corey Conacher, I, I want Josh Bailey in the lineup. Oh yeah. You know, I didn't. I mean, I understand why they gave Josh Bailey the night off, but don't give Josh Bailey the night off and and you know let him sit and take a look and earn his playing time back. When you don't have Cal Clutterbuck. Right. Like, make that a swap for Grabner. You know, I know I think Clutterbuck was probably hurt, too. Clutterbuck but, was hurt. But, I mean, he made the trip. No, but he was hurt. But then I'd rather see Josh Bailey struggling out there than Corey Conagra play. But it, it, we're nitpicking. I mean, imagine it, what we're nitpicking at. Well, that's that's the uh, that's the thing about this team is we've never had the ability to yeah. nitpick. I mean, this you know Peter Regan and you know I mean just guys you know Pierre Marc Bouchard and just you know all Pierre these Ford. guys yeah all these guys we've seen over the last few you know Matt Karkner getting like you know huge minutes on the D and all these Radic Martinez coming out of retirement. Coming out of retirement. I mean, all these guys we've seen in the last few years. This is a delight. And there's there. It's we're 26 games into the season now. Yes. I think it's. I think we can comfortably say at this point that there's something going on with this team. There's something special going on with the team. There's right? something special going on in the Coliseum. It's the last year there. They I, had, I just. They've I had just great. Crowds where they hadn't before. It's like, it's like the seeds were planted, right? It's gonna, it's gonna sound awful, but I love it. The, here's the harvest. Oh boy, it's finally all harvesting. Wow, and you got to harvest all the fruit. Yeah, because they're gonna close the farm down. Finish it up, baby. Right. Run with it. So just. <laughs> Take it home. It's great. I'm hook. <laughs> there's a chemistry with this team. It's yes. undeniable. Yes. It's undeniable that there's a chemistry and there's a focus. We were in the building team. two weeks ago. It was fantastic on a Monday night. Yeah. Against the Flyers. There were 13,000 people there. It was great. You know, 12-5 there on a Monday night, on a rainy Monday night, the week of Thanksgiving. It was fantastic. The crowd the, was into it. Are they the best team in hockey? Are they a top five team in hockey? I don't think they are. A I really top talent, five talent, team? Talent-wise, I oh, don't think they are. Oh, they're a top are. five team. No. 
I don't think they are. I can, I can come up with five teams easily that are better than them. Who? Pittsburgh. Tampa. Uh, they swept Pittsburgh. Montreal. Uh, they haven't played Montreal yet. It doesn't matter. They're better than them. Why? How could you say that? They played Pittsburgh. What did they do to Pittsburgh? They've taken two out of three from Pittsburgh. You're going to sit there and tell me that Pittsburgh is not as good a team as the Islanders? I didn't say they're not as good. I, you can make the argument that the, the Islanders are as good. They're ahead of them in the standings. We just said the key stack, Cal. Who's, I'll give you two things. Fourth line for the Penguins. Right? Who are they rolling out there? The Islanders roll four lines every night. You have to do that, especially in the playoffs. We saw the Kings do it last year. We've seen the Kings do it forever. The Kings roll four. You have to roll four. And, by the way, if you're given a choice of goaltenders in the playoffs, who are you taking? Yeah, you take clock. Yeah. I'm not taking yeah, Mark andre Fleury. I'm, look, I, okay. Let me, let, me, let me retract. It's arguable. They're, it's they are arguably a top five team in the NHL right now. They are. It's up for debate, and, and you... You couldn't be. You wouldn't be wrong either way. But my point is, I think that there's there are a lot of intangibles at play with this team this year that help elevate them to appear to be a better they team. Could, than they they are. could. They could elevate them even further. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. There are absolutely intangibles this year. There's a chemistry with this team. There's a. Uh, uh, commitment with this team. There's a mindset that they haven't accomplished anything yet. They're not satisfied when they win. They're not breaking their arms, patting themselves on the back. They start to expect to win. And they love playing at home. They've been such a bad home team, Cal, for a long time. Mm -hmm. I think they've won like nine in a row at home. They didn't lose in November at home. No. They didn't lose in November. At home. In, in, in the last how many years, they barely won a game in November at home. Right. Didn't lose a game at home. I, 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 a, couple, I, a couple weeks ago. I'm trying months, to stay level. I know. I know. So the question was posed to us very early in the season. Sure. Is this a Stanley? Could this team win a Stanley Cup? Very early in the season, we both agreed, no. Yeah. They're not they're not ready to win a cup. They're certainly a playoff team. They can make some noise in the playoffs. They're not there yet. Now you're twenty six games into the season, they're nineteen and seven. They get the most wins they they have the most wins of any team in the NHL. They've beaten the Kings. They've beaten, they've beaten the, everybody. They've beaten the Penguins. They have the most wins of no no team in hockey has more wins than the Islanders. Yeah. A quarter of the season. More than a quarter of the season. Yeah. Almost a third of the season in. Yeah. Are they a cup contender? I can't say it yet. I know. You don't you, you want to say it, but you can't say it. No, I don't want to say it. I, I, I don't think they are yet. I feel I, 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 I don't feel comfortable I'm again, I'm not wearing the comfy slippers. I I am not comfortable saying that they are a contender for the Stanley Cup. I feel like there's a lose six out of ten stretch in them somewhere. I agree. And how do they respond to that? Totally agree. Because, we, and this is, you know, we've benchmarked this all along in these 26 games. Yep. It te- another test. Another test. Here's another test. Oh, you know, 
win a home and home. That's good. All right, now you've lost a game. How do you bounce back from a loss? How do you bounce back from a losing streak? You know, there's been a number of different tests that they have passed, every single one of them. They beat the centers tonight on Daniel Alfredson night. I know. He signed a contract for a day, retired tonight. The place was going crazy. I don't know if you you didn't watch it, right? No, I didn't get to watch it. They showed the entire ceremony on TV. I know. I mean, it was like they played they played um my buddy Howie, my buddy Howie the Islander fan that I work with goes to me and he sits next to me and we talk Islanders almost every day and he goes he goes I love him. He said I can't wait to see Reinhardt tonight. He said but they could run into a buzzsaw tonight. They really could because that place is going to be electric because it's Alfredson night. And I said we'll see. I said, they if, had, if, if, Chad Johnson, if Chad Johnson plays, I'm worried about it. Because it was before the lineup was announced. If Halak plays, I'm not worried about it. You're starting to get that feel with Halak where... Plays are going to win. Or at least you're going to be in it. You're going to be in it, right. You get, And that's all I ever ask out of my goalie. Like, just keep me in it. But he's doing more than just keeping them in it. He, he is. is. He's, he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. He probably he they won because of him tonight. Yeah. No, they. I watched it. Yeah. They won this game because of him. But he I don't. Th- I. I mean, it, it didn't sound like they played badly. No, they didn't play. Ba- no, they didn't play badly. But he he made at least three or four saves. Right. That would have would have been the difference in the game. That were spectacular saves. Yeah. Did he steal it? See, I think when they play badly and they win. Like the uh, what was the game a couple weeks ago? He stole the Washington game. The Washington game because they yeah. didn't play well. Right, that was the one they won in overtime. Yep, he stole that game. Yes, he stole the Philly game that we went to because the other no, goalie on was was standing on his head. Yeah, but they they played well. But he I mean, stole, they, they, well, he had 42 shots, and a lot of them were good chances. Like, if, if Mason hadn't... You know if Mason, he stole that one? No, I think Mason stole a point for them. Yeah, yeah. Point. That's, that's the other amazing thing about what's going on with this team, is when teams get to overtime against the Islanders, they're happy. Right. They got a point. They got the point on yep. the Islanders. Yeah. It's... it's, it's it's that happened the other. Time. That happened the other night with Ottawa. Yeah, like Ottawa was trailing two to one. They goal. they got a third period goal to tie it up, and it was a legit goal. And they were happy to get the point and get to overtime. You know, against the Islanders, it's a it's a it's a whole new world, man. There's something there's something going on here. Can you sing that uh, as Michael Stipe? There's something going on tonight. Michael's nervous. I'm thinking of, uh, what's that song? We used to cover it in college. Um, There's something on about. Terrible. Terrible job. I'm not an R.E.M. guy. Are you an R.E.M. guy? Uh, sporadically. There are, there's some stuff that I like. <laughs> like every every couple of years? It really depends on the, <laughs> I like the I like the early stuff. Their early stuff? Yeah, let's bring. Is this the time? Should we? Is it time yeah, yeah. for the fun load? I think so. All right, let's go Islanders. Yes, it, it's going to be enjoyable to talk about. I can't. I started thinking about this the other day, Cal. The idea of doing 
the show during the playoffs, like yeah. during, during a real playoff run. If they get if they get there. No, I know. I I you know, well no, we're going to have to obviously do the worry. show around the playoffs. Right. Like we're never going to be doing a show on the day of night of a playoff game. But, you know, having, you know, uh, our buddy Dominic back from Lighthouse Hockey or whatever to talk about the Islanders during a series. Right. And be able to do just an Islander show. It's um I'm very excited. This has become a very emotional season for me. I know. You said it was bittersweet, and I tried to find Big Head Todd and the Monsters today for free, uh, because I love that song, just to play right now. So I'll sing it. Can you just can you do Bittersweet Symphony? Instead? It's a bittersweet surrender. We work our way around each other. You don't know that song? I do. Big Head Todd and the Monsters? Oh, yeah. No, I, no I, I know it. It's like 37 minutes long. Because there's a noodly guitar part, like a noodly guitar solo, yeah. that goes yeah. on for a month. And that was the one that your your college roommate played, and you're like, dude, again? With Bittersweet? Really? We're doing this again? Can't you just... Put Tom on, please. Can't you just play Black? It's only four and a half minutes. No, it's... it's when we went to the game last week, now all along, and I, I told you this, but I want to I want to verbalize it. All right, sir. It's therapeutic to me because I'm I'm conflicted with this season. You look torn. I am. I'm torn. I'm all, I'm, I'm already torn. <laughs> Nothing's right. I'm torn. Natalie, <laughs> Natalie and Bruglia. Um, all along, when they they said by the way, re- I, I I love that song. I do too. Sorry. She's embarrassed. Completely shamed. Absolutely love that. Song. Oh boy. Nothing's right. I'm torn. I'm already there. You're already go. Sorry. Go on. Um, when they announced that they were moving to Brooklyn, Tom. This is when you play "Everybody Hurts" behind me, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is where it comes in. Um, I was fine with that. I was like, oh, that's great. It beats the alternative of going to Kansas City. Or 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 Toronto or wherever they were gonna go. Toronto, I don't think they're going to Toronto. Yeah, no, there was talk of a second Toronto team. Hamilton. Hamilton, yes. Quebec. Quebec. Um, so I was happy. It's like, okay, they're gonna stay. You know, I don't go to many games as it is, so I'll probably go to the same amount too, in when they're in Brooklyn. Right. It'll be fine. They'll still be on TV. I don't have to get the center ice package. They seem to be getting better, so I'm okay with it. I was fine with it. So then a funny thing happened. They got really good quickly, right? Yeah. And then I went to a game at the Coliseum. Yeah. And that's when it was like, holy! It it like it flooded over me, and it and there was a clear moment. A very clear moment. I don't know if you picked up on this, not for me, but for yourself or whatever. When we were standing in the parking lot after the game. Yeah. We had gone across to the Marriott. Sure. Like I had done dozens upon dozens of times as a kid growing up. Right. Now, obviously, I didn't go to the bar at the Marriott. Right. But we used to stand outside that door and watch the players come come and go. Right. The visitor, visiting players would stay at the Marriott across from the Coliseum. And, like, this rush of nostalgia just came 
all over me. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, this sucks. Right. This, this is this is it. This really is it. And like, I'm so happy that they're good. Yeah. But now they're not going to be good here. And it was just, and it's just like, I don't. And but the and the crowd is is like, the fans are are totally into this too. Like I think that they get the significance of what's happening. Yeah. This is the, you know, every game now at the Coliseum is a big deal. Yeah. Because there's one less game. Yeah. You know, and you wouldn't look. You wouldn't. This wouldn't be happening if they were still you know going twelve and thirty two. Right. To start the season. It wouldn't be the same thing. No. So them being good obviously has a lot to do with it. Yeah. But it's it amplifies it for sure. It's really it's it's really I haven't enjoyed sports like this since two thousand six. Really. Yeah. yeah. Two thousand ten with the Jets. Yeah, th- that was good times. That was really good. But like but they don't play every night. It's football. That's yep. once a week. Yep. Very Hockey, true. baseball, they play every night, every other night, so it's on a consistent basis. Yep. And uh, I don't know. Something, something. Yeah, about I, it. I, I agree. I, I, I realized tonight that I hadn't DVR'd the game because I had this uh, appointment and uh, and uh, I've been DVRing every game and you know just watching every game. And so this was only going to be the second game out of twenty six that I didn't actually watch live. Mm-hmm. And I am so programmed with the DVR program to not check scores or anything. Right. And I had downtime at this particular appointment I was uh, I was at. And I'm like not checking my Twitter feed or anything. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not DVRing this. And I have the show tonight. I'll just listen to it <laughs> like while I'm on my downtime. So I started just listening to the game. I couldn't watch it. Right. And um, it's taken on that feel. You know, we watch a lot of Met games, and when we're when they're good, we watch every Met game. Like when they're when they're when they're not good, like in a normal season, like last year when they won seventy nine games, I still probably watch like a hundred games. Oh yeah. Um, Just have it. You put it on at night. That that's it. Or I'll game on. I'm gonna watch it. Or I'll DVR it and I'll watch it before I go to bed. Yeah. These Islander games are becoming much. Must watch TV like these. Island, these I'm, I'm every game, and I'm, I I love hockey, and it helps that I love hockey, and it helps that I've grown up loving hockey and watching a lot of games and stuff. But you know, I'm, as, I'm as, arranging my life around it. Yeah, I'm yeah. starting to like. Not even starting to. I now like look forward to a game night. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm gonna watch the Islanders tonight, obviously. Um, it's it's great. But I was thinking about what you said, and last thing on this, um, I did feel that I didn't go to nearly as many Islander games as you have. In fact, I didn't go to my first live hockey game until I was like in like tenth or eleventh grade, because we never went. We um, um, it was just not a. I watched the Islanders every night, just never went to a game. Um, but I did feel what you're talking about, 
and I was glad that you know when I started going to a lot of games when we were seniors in high school and you and I went. We had the ability to drive. Right, and we went a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I was glad that we did that at that age because look, they're going to go to Brooklyn, and I'm still going to go. You know, I I go to two or three games a year. This year, I'll probably go to five or ten games. I'll probably go to hopefully you know five or ten games. Now I'm starting to take Wesley and stuff, and I'll still go to probably ten games in Brooklyn too. But I'm glad I had that experience as a 17 year old at the Coliseum. Yeah, and not Brooklyn. Because it's not gonna it, it's not gonna be the same. It's impossible to do this. You can't. Yeah. It could be it could be great in a different way. It's gonna be it's gonna be great. I think it it's gonna be, be, it be I think really it's great. gonna be I think it's gonna be fantastic. And but I and again I'm overall I'm just glad they're staying. Because I couldn't deal with losing a team that I love. We talked about that on the show yeah, a, a lot years ago. A lot. Because it was it was looking like they were gone. Exactly. So I'm just glad they're here, but I'm glad I had that experience. I'm glad it's now. And it wasn't when I was like 16. And I missed out on, you know, hanging out after a game to get a player's autograph or, um, you know, or even being 20 and being in Huntington and being out with like Brad uh, Isbister and, you know, and, and, you know, Baumgartner and stuff like that because they all used to hang out in Huntington after a game or, you know, like... There was that. There's that local feel that we'll never have. The Islanders are you are entirely unique. They really are. I've always sort of felt like, and I think we've talked about this on the show, but it's been a long time. They're the closest thing we'll get to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Exactly. They're a neighborhood team yeah. in a large market. Yeah. Yeah. They're a neighborhood team in New York where the players, especially when we were growing up, like Billy Smith lived like you know a mile from my house. <laughs> I mean. You, you you can't talk to anybody on Long Island that doesn't have a story about an Islander about meeting on Islander. Block That's right. Or, or they know him and they know yep. you know. Yep. Yep. So not like that for other teams in New York. That'll be gone. And in a way, I'm glad they're moving to Brooklyn and they're basically on the site where Abbotsfield Field was. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. So maybe they'll develop that relationship with Brooklyn. Who knows? You know. But but it's 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 provided me with some melancholy. About this, it's it's like it's get it's it's becoming yeah, it's, an intense season for me. It's it, yep, you know, but it's yep. great. Yep, and they're good. All right, let's go to the fun load, okay. and we count down from five, four, three. That's the uh, we only have four minutes left in the stream anyway. So um, thank you so much for listening. If you've been listening on the live stream, please go to uh, www.rtusports.com to get this episode and more. And also, dummy, the web series, Cal. We are brought to you tonight by our episode partner, Dummy, the web series. Go to YouTube um, and search Dummy, the web series so you can subscribe to the channel. Guess what? Yeah? Episode three. Almost done. All right. Joe is almost done shooting. He's been shooting it for the last month. Uh, it stars Joe Dallow, writer, director, and star. Easy Diaz. It's very, very funny. Please go do that. Episode 3 is coming out very soon. I think it'll be out before the new year. Um, so go check that out. And uh, go to uh, 
RTU Sports for all your RTU needs. All right, um, we're going to go to the fun load in five, and four, and three, and two, and one. Welcome to the fun load, ready to unload number 207, depending on how late we stay up. Uh, thank you for... Uh, well, it's for, always going to be 207. No, it might, I mean, if we only you know talk for 20 minutes, maybe we'll just keep them as one. Well, we'll see. You hate the two-hour episode, I know that. It's it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable. <laughs> it's farm-to-table. It's fossil fuel. Is this a farm-to-table episode? Hi, Peach. Keep it as one. Keep it together. Mm-hmm. There is it's one. Show. Hey, guys, I just <laughs> lost 15 show. pounds. <laughs> you what, you've lost 15 pounds in two hours? That's amazing. Just, let me tell you how. Did you find out the name of that machine? Near as I can tell, it did not have a brand name. Like <laughs> the, research, the research department has been very busy. It, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like Dr. Smith's such and such. Um, it, it's referred to a lot as literally a, uh, a fat jiggle machine. Um, <laughs> the technical term? Also, yeah, please, with the jargon. They, they, they call it the fat jiggler. Uh, the other one is the, uh, the, vi- the vibrating belt machine. The vibrating the belt machine. The most generic term, yeah. I'm going to go stand on the vibrating belt machine. As far as I can sense. tell, it you know it it wasn't ever called like the vibromatic or something like that. It should have been called the vibromatic. It should have been right. The vibator. Wait, I wait. Hold on. I don't think that's gonna work. <laughs> that got filthy. I don't. I I feel like they missed a golden opportunity here. Well, the thing um, you've got to you've got to see is it it led me to this website and everyone must check out this website. It's called Old Time Strongman. Dot com. There it is. Old time strength training site where they sell like the the big set of springs. Like remember the the big strong men would stretch the big springs across their chest. Of course. You can still buy those. Can you get a striped tank top <laughs> to wear? Probably, probably. Right, like or the large the large wooden clubs. That's the kind of website where you're just like, Janine, cancel all my appointments. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna need I'm gonna need a few hours with this website. I'm gonna barbells get the barbells like the a, perfectly round the perfectly right. round barbells. It's just a pole with two balls at the either end of it. Wait, why yeah, can't yeah, we get you, the uh the hexagon y looking things with the handles on them too that you lift up that say fifty pounds. All for say sale. Ton. Yeah, let's say one ton. <laughs> It's all for sale. How about an anvil? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, this is not a research site where you can see how they did it. Somebody's still selling all these old-timey products because it's, you know, it's... And they have all these different books. 
somebody in Williamsburg is buying all these for like a gym. There's something gonna, called the Henry Higgins Strength, the Henry Higgins Strength and Muscle Course. How how would you not go get that? Steve, you're looking fit. Well, Henry, Henry Higgins, my man. PX PX90? No, no. Henry Higgins. There's a muscle Mus- program called Gray Hair and Black Iron. That's a porn How movie much too, more manly like. is there? There's nothing more manly than that. Gray hair and black iron. Is that <laughs> wait? Sounds, so one's an like American. An commercial. One's an American Indian, and the other one is Wesley Snipes. Right. <laughs> is that a buddy? Is that a buddy black movie? Iron. Yeah, it's Lou Diamond Phillips and Wesley Snipes. He's not an Indian. I know he's not, but he's played one. It's not my fault. What's he doing? <laughs> it's not my fault that Lou Diamond Phillips gets cast as an Indian. Okay? An American Indian. You saw Young Guns. Yes, I know. He gets cast as a Native American. Sorry. Can you, can you buy fault. can you buy the cannonball at this site? <laughs> can you get the cannon? And the cannon. And the cannon. More importantly, the cannon. <laughs> I feel like more importantly. I really wanted to find it, but it was not there. <sighs> So, uh, Peach, tonight, uh, Christopher Walken and yeah. Alice, Allison Williams, is that her name? Sure. Um, appeared uh, in a <laughs> live live production of Peter Pan on NBC. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. And I have a... Uh, this is what I want to talk to you about in the fun load. If you have something else that you want to talk about, that's fine. Oh, but my, my what question, I want to talk about is... My question to you would be, and of course, I've been saying for a few weeks now that Christopher Walken could not look less interested in the promos leading up to this about being in Peter Pan. Like, just <laughs> like the dance and the, I'm hook, okay. And just the dance and, like, he's holding the hook up and he just looks utterly, like, basically, I bought a pool with this money, so let's do it fast and loose. I'm a song and dance, man. Like, he looks, he just looks utterly disinterested. So you got to watch a little of this tonight, please. Yes. Give me your, I didn't get to see it. Give me your take on Peter Pan live. Um, first of all, I, I have to always start with my number one defense, which is people do not realize what it takes to put on a musical. It is... Noted. The, it is one of the greatest undertakings. No one going into it even understands, even if you've done it before. You forget. It's like childbirth. Wow. But yeah, you want to do a musical? Yeah. What could it be? We'll learn the songs. We'll do a few dance numbers. It'll be fine. And then it all comes crashing down on you. Um, I think this was a strong B to B plus production. There, there, there was no real like standout wow to it. But it was perfectly fine. Voices were good. Costumes were great. I think they made a mistake 
in that they didn't do it in front of a live audience. That would have made that. this thing. You said that, and I totally agree with you. Like, wh- that would have made this thing not... huge. Well, you know, they had this idea of you know doing it with set pieces, so it you know it looks they really great and crazy production value, right? Yeah, you didn't you didn't need to do that. But you said throw you it on stage, that... stage it like the Kathy Rigby, right? And and record a theater full of people losing their minds as Walken comes out as the most casual Captain Hook ever. <laughs> that was my son's my son's re- total review. He goes, Dad, he's so casual. <laughs> I'm Hook. It's fine. Look, My son's watching great. it for research because he's in Peter Pan. Nice. What did he get? What has he got? Uh, he's a pirate. Captain Hook gets to... Knock him over and kick him around because uh, they, they use he my son's skills as for... play taking a fall. Uh, yes, right. Of course, he is a black belt. Is yeah. uh, was he was he up for a lead? Was this a disappointment? He he and was also, up for may I me. Suggest, may I also suggest casting couch? Just throwing <laughs> that out there. <laughs> he, my son was up for me, uh, but I think he got a case of the mumbles. Oh no. And, uh, it's it's fine. He's nine. He's not discouraged. No. No. And he gets and he gets that. More. I think your suggestion of a live audience. I think they tried to do exactly what they did for Sound of Music, but Sound of Music is a movie. Yeah. And so do, yeah, it doing it live that way without an audience works. Doing Pan Peter Pan, which I saw on Broadway by the way when I was a kid with with Sandy Duncan. Nice. And you I, went to see it with Sandy Duncan. I did. I did. Wow, how do you did she bring her? Triscuits? My uh, Wheaton. Was she the Triscuit lady or Wheaton? Wheaton. That was the big line. There was watch out for flying Wheatons as she flies over the audience. Um, my Uncle Vinny took my brother and I to see a lot of Broadway shows. That was like his thing. And we saw uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Awful. Go on. <laughs> Terrible. Saw the the nut the Nutcracker Suite, uh, the ballet at the Met. Nice. Um, I was super young. Saw um, and we saw Peter Pan. I'm trying to think, there was one other one in there. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, um, and uh, she was fantastic, Sandy Duncan. I don't remember much of it at all. But it's a play. It's not. It's not, Sound of Music is a movie. Now, so my question to you guys both was going to be, um, so for the next foray into this that NBC is doing, what would you like to see them do, and who do you want to see in it? So now NBC is doing this thing now where they're going to do live, right? Like this has become their thing now? It's going to be a a play? Yeah, I hope it becomes a a nice tradition. Right, a play. We're going to pick a play? We're gonna pick a musical. Has to be a musical because America loves musicals. Yeah, they do. I would so say Ellen. I would say Annie, and so did Rosie O'Donnell. I would say Annie from no. Com- from Comac High School. I might add. Annie, this is correct. <laughs> I had no idea. Comac High School, all orphans. I don't know if you knew that. That's that's right. <laughs> no, Rosie O'Donnell. From yeah. Oh High yeah. School of course. Um. 
I would say Annie, but the movie's coming out. With Jamie Foxx. Yeah, that's a whole that's that's a whole other podcast. And a, and Bobby Cannavale, who works all the time. And is a big Jet fan, by the way. Used to see Bobby Cannavale at all the Jet games. Oh, good. Yep. Big Jet fan. Um Peach, I'll start with you. Give Cal a couple minutes to think on this. What do you want to see next? And who do you want to see in it? Ooh, who do I want to see in it? Yeah, well, we just got Christopher Walken tonight as Captain Hook. It's great. <laughs> Look, <laughs> fine. I'll dance. Hook. <laughs> so disinterested. I'm Hook. It's a kid. Pan. Find them. Um, what do you what do you want to see? What do you got? I w- I think this uh this kind of format. See, the, the, this year they they did kind of blow it a little bit. So I I, I think if they're going to stick with this kind of format next year, uh, they could do you know Brigadoon, South Pacific. Right. That's where I was thinking those, too. Like I was thinking a classic. Those would go over very well. Yes. I was thinking. Here's mine. You ready? I want Singing in the Rain live with Usher. With <laughs> don't say Hugh Jackman because we can't be friends if you do. With Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Friendship out. <laughs> Beef over. <laughs> With Hugh Jackman as Gene Kelly and Neil Patrick Harris in the uh, Donald O'Connor role. Well, I Come 100% on. agree with half of that. <laughs> well, who do you... All right, who are you putting in the lead then? I don't know. Russell, I don't know who Russell else dances Crow. so well. <laughs> no, I don't... I, I I don't I don't know who I would name as the lead. I just man, Hugh Jackman, you know, you could tell he loves doing it and he's got he's got a presence to him and he's got some chops but he's got the most unpleasant he's got the most unpleasant singing voice of anybody who can actually sing that I've heard I've got in a the long guy, time. Wow Two amazing things just happened there. You destroyed Hugh Jackman's singing voice, and Cal has the guy. I've got the guy. Let's have it. Singing in the Rain in the Gene Kelly role? Yes. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Holy cow. Mind blown. I'm done. That show's over. Holy, yeah. Podcast over. Wouldn't he be perfect? If he can dance. Oh, he can dance. Really, Kenny? You didn't see him do... He did... What did he do on Saturday Night Live? What am I forgetting him in? Oh, maybe something in SNL? He did a monologue on Saturday Night Live, and he... Part of me wants to say he did Singing in the Rain, but it was a dance number. Oh, sold. Let's be in... With Neil Patrick Harris as in the Donald O'Connor role? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Can we make this happen tomorrow? I love that musical. And we're not putting Anne Hathaway in the in the lead, the girl female lead. We're not doing it. Who is the female? Uh, the female lead in that is 
Boy, she, she's, it's not uh, Dorothy. Betty Grable? It's not Betty Grable. Betty Grable. <laughs> Betty Grable. Betty Grable is already a grandma by the time that came out. Oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm dating myself then. <laughs> no, you're dating my grandmother. Oh. <laughs> uh, not, and it's not Jean Harlow either, right? That's I'm sure. Not even remotely. Is uh, I'm a punch. Is um, Debbie Reynolds. Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Everybody. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. The cookie one. And I can't stand him. And I can't stand him. We get Meg Tilly for that, or what? <laughs> we get Meg Tilly to play Lena Lamont, or are we done here? Are we good? <sighs> Why is it always gonna be Meg Tilly? The only one that could play that role? The only one who could do that. She basically did in Bullets Over Broadway. Her and Cindy Lauper. <laughs> she was basically playing Lena Lamont in Bullets Over Broadway. It's so funny because I got Wesley into... I love that musical. My mom made me... And my grandmother made me watch it when I was a kid. And I I love it. I, I really love that movie. And I got Wesley into um, uh, Moses Supposes. That's like his, he loves that song. Moses supposes Moses are roses, and um, so I had the the video up on YouTube, and he watches it all the time. Let's watch Moses supposes. He loves it. I tell you, Neil Patrick Harris would kill the Donald O'Connor part. Kill it. Donald O'Connor is unbelievably underrated in that movie. Unbelievably. Go watch Make Him Laugh. Like, look that up yeah, that's right now. Like, look that up on yeah. YouTube. That dance number is yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Okay, so that's my suggestion. Beat it. That's a good suggestion. Guys and Dolls could be good, but I, I don't know if that's kid-friendly enough. Guys and Dolls would be great. Now, the next one they're going to do Definitely. is Mary Poppins for sure. Yeah, probably. They'll do something like that. Who who stupid are we going to get as Mary Poppins? Is Mary Poppins. <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, yeah. Can she do an English accent? Uh, baby, I'll learn. Wow, take it easy. She's very, she's very polarized. I'm actually, I'm actually she not really that big a fan right? of her. I, I, I think she's fun. Oh, Anne Hathaway would be would be very popular. Yeah, I was right? just gonna, I was gonna go Anne Hathaway. How many crossover? You know who else could be is. Um, uh, the, the, I'm trying to think of these crossover people that have been in musicals lately or whatever, and you just got to go to Les Mis and just take the cast. Yeah. But um, what's her name? The blonde, uh, the blonde girl who was uh, Kristen Chenoweth. No, is no. And screw her. Oh, what? So, no, enough with her. I don't care for. Her. Why? I just. She's quirky. She's quirky. Yeah, exactly. You just summed it up. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't believe I just I just said that about Kristen Chenoweth. I'm sorry. I feel bad now. Who plays Cosette? Oh, Amanda Seyfried. Yes. And Roy. Mm. <laughs> you contractually obligated to say. <laughs> sorry. Every time we say her name, it's not my fault. Probably not tired of that yet. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably never heard it. She's young. She's young. Another five years before she's tired of it. Just, just Wait, what, did you, what did you say about my name? <laughs> Cal on set yelling, and Roy! <laughs> 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 
She's got a. It's uh, a union thing. You got to get somebody on set at all times to say and Roy. She's got an incredible voice. She does. I tell you, that's a uh, that's a great call by you, Cal, Mary Poppins. It's I feel like call. that. I feel like that'd be the next. Yeah, be the next one. Peach, what do you got? Didn't he start? Did I go. He didn't do, <laughs> no, what did he do? Oh, South Pacific. South Pacific. Well, you said South like Pacific. a classic, like. Brigadoon, South Pacific. Yeah, I would love music to. I would, what are we doing for Guys and Dolls? We got to put Hugh Jackman in that, right? Because it doesn't matter how he sings. Uh, see, now now that you said Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I'd, I'd, I'd give him Guys and Dolls in a second. Look, I'm giving Joseph Gordon-Levitt anything Every, he wants. Guy's yeah. phenomenal. He's he one is. of my... Incredibly you know, talented. All right, you ready? You know who I could see in that production? The NBC on NBC next Thursday. I got the horse right here. You know who I could see doing it? Edward Norton, as you've never seen him before. <laughs> you couldn't see Edward Norton playing Nathan Detroit as a goof. Hey, he was in the the musical Woody Allen movie. He was. Everybody says I love you. Yeah, I liked him in that. He could do Nathan Detroit, as, right? But as long Helms, as they don't replace him with Ruffalo. Ed Helms could definitely be in there. Yes. In the Marvel movies, I'll be fine. Yeah, enough with Ruffalo. Enough. Really enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've, I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> He's harmless. He's not harmless, and that's where you're no, wrong. No, no. He's doing Please a lot watch of harm. Now you see me. He's doing a lot of harm. <laughs> he, is a, he is a big problem. Actually, I'm I'm wrong. Edward Norton would do Sky Masterson. He would do the Brando part, right? Mm. I'm gonna do Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the Sinatra part of Nathan Detroit, and then I'm gonna do Nathan Lane in the in the Harry the Horse part. Nathan Lane always available for projects like this. <laughs> very, very much. Shouldn't we get, speaking of which, shouldn't we be getting somebody from the cast of Modern Family involved here? Oh, yeah, oh, you could, you, Jesse Tyler Ferguson? Jesse Tyler Ferguson's got to get involved. Steven Weber just showed up. Do we have anything for him? <laughs> I immediately, no. I immediately pushed my hair behind my ears. <laughs> my long hair behind my ears. I love Steven Weber. I mean, it's got to be a Woody Allen production we could put him in, right? It's been a rough go for Steven Weber, I feel like. Yeah. He had Studio 60. He was all set to, like, really come back. And... It went downhill quick. It did. PJ, what do you have for the fun load? I've done my little musical theater. That was fun, though. I don't think and... Steven Weber knew what he was doing on Studio 60. I think he was part of the reason why that show was was strange. Listen, we all know the reason that that show failed. Okay. Just say, her, just say her name. I, just say her fun. name. You hate she her, was, don't you? She stinks. She did she, stink. That. That. She did. But it's not even that she stinks. Her problem is she's a show killer. Like she, Ted McGinley? She is a like show, that kind of show killer? <laughs> she is a show and movie killer. Like if Amanda Pete's in it, you're like, ah, this probably could have been good. And it's not. How did that happen? I don't know. She's a show killer. Was she good in anything that... The whole nine yards. Un- that unleashed her onto the world? The first time you ever saw her, she was good. 
That was yeah, in, she had uh, nice energy the WB night, yeah. show Jack and Jill. No, no, that's where you first saw her. Oh, yeah, the rest asking me. <laughs> the rest of us. Oh, okay. In the free world. What about Saving Silverman? In the, in the Saving, free she's world. She's very good in Saving Silverman. Saving. Okay. I didn't like that movie. You just used the words "good" and "Saving Silverman" in the same lot in the same sentence. Saving Silverman is a very good movie. Friendship over. Friendship over. Very, very Beef good over. Movie. That movie Jack was supposed Black to be Jack Black goes from better. straight to gay. Come on. Come on. Are you? I'm gonna Hugh Jackman you hear. <laughs> I'm gonna Hugh Jackman singing voice you hear, <laughs> and say that if you like that movie, our friendship's over. It's over. <laughs> Come on. They have, a, they have somebody trapped downstairs. In a, I mean, come on. Come on. What's wrong Neil with Diamond you? Cover band. Neil Diamond cover band in the movie. Come on. That that was good. <laughs> but maybe because I can't stand him either. That might be my other problem. Neil Diamond? Neil Diamond? I am, I said. I am Sam. I am Sam. <laughs> You know, we never we never did the Sean segment ben. I meant to do. Sean we never ben, did, I, guys I, I couldn't put all the clips together. I didn't didn't get to do the uh, Neil Diamond is crazy segment. Was there was a segment? <laughs> what? There was a segment I wanted to do uh, showcasing did I the fact that Neil, Neil Diamond's lyrics are the craziest ever written. Really? Well, isn't that why Will Ferrell did those sketches? Like with Crazy Neil Diamond, which, by the I'm way, sure, I'm sh- if you go back and watch, are just exceptional. Yeah, yeah, and dark, like really dark. Neil, wait, Neil Diamond or Robert Goulet? No, Neil Diamond. He he did the Neil Diamond stuff. He too? did Neil Diamond sketches where, like, he'd be performing a song. He's reminiscing about his career. And he's reminiscing, right, he's reminiscing about why he wrote the song, or, and he's like, I was, one day I hit a, hit a drifter when I was driving to Mexico, killed him. Right. <laughs> Is this through, forever a blue crackling right. right. Through a room in my trunk. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> One night, my drummer and I... more and more upset with him. Right. Tim Meadows always played the drummer. (laughs) He's like, one night... One night after playing the Felt Forum, (laughs) we jumped on my drummer and I jumped in our car and we were drinking and we were driving. (laughs) We hit a kid. (laughs) Don't know what happened. This is Forever in Blue Team. Good and dark. Like, I, <laughs> I killed a man in Mexico to get an erection. This <laughs> is turn on your heart light. <laughs> Musicians are walking <laughs> off. It's so good. Isn't John Goodman on stage there somewhere? He definitely is. And it's it it no. rivals it rivals the Goulet stuff, but I don't think it gets shown as much because it is so dark. It's really dark, yeah. It's <laughs> really extraordinarily dark. It was great, Goulet. <laughs> that was my ringtone for a long time. What him saying Goulet? Yeah. 
Beep, bop, boop, 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 boop. Your phone is ringing, Goulet. Um, what was the, what were you going to bring up, Peach, on the fun load here? I, what I was going to ask you was. Uh... Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Have you seen the trailer for the new Star Wars? Hold on, I'm rolling. And, and what did you think? Do you have your three-quarter sleeve Star Wars shirt on with the rubber decal on the front? <laughs> you wonder why you're sweating. It's a black shirt with white sleeves. That's right. And a big rubber Chewbacca on the front. <laughs> That's correct. Press on. Iron on. With the disco ball going. Uh, I only watched it about 14 times. <laughs> two consecutively. Two, two takeaways. Yeah. Uh, the first was I watched it the first time with Wesley, um, and he loved it. But I really feel I think it was more about my excitement than his. But I feel really? like he loved your excitement. That's correct. I feel like I have a solid year to turn him into like a. He's watched a little bit here and there. We've talked about it. I feel like I have a solid year to turn him to be ready for that movie. That's a. Takeaway number two was, I don't know if I realized at the time, or, or you know, when the initial announcement was made, how much I empirically trust J.J. Abrams, and how unbelievably happy I am that George Lucas has nothing to do with this movie. And the and the trailer sort of the trailer sort of confirmed it. Even after the way he handled Star Trek, where he sort of threw away a lot of the Star Trek canon. I like Star Trek. You like the you like the reboot? I loved his reboots. Loved them both. Saw them both in the theater. Thought they were fantastic. And I'm not a Star Wars guy, but there just seems there just seems to be an air of seriousness to the proceedings. And I I trust him. I just trust him. You think he'll use actors, for instance? That's correct. <laughs> That's a start. <laughs> Cal, well, we know he's using actors. Right. Cal, what was your uh, what was your takeaway? I, 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 my my first initial reaction was, hmm, that was cool. Okay. Like it wasn't, huh? What, what was that? <laughs> I love how you do sound effects for your reactions. Those are my, well, those are my actual reactions. Hmm. I wasn't all like, huh? <laughs> and it definitely wasn't like... <laughs> Thumbs down. Bleh. Yeah, you were, you were, your interest was peaked. Yeah, it's, I want, now I want to see more. Yeah. Let's see, let's see what else all you right, got. Sir? This is, I, but I'm, I'm with you. Like, I feel like, all right, I'm not worried anymore. I feel like I'm in good hands. Peach, how about you? This is why I'm asking other people my age. Right. Because I felt nothing. What? I clicked on it and I said, "Let's let's see." And up it came. And the only thing that that gave me a little bit of a of a, a, a rise or a thrill 
was that the Millennium Falcon entered the frame for a second and zoomed past. And I went, oh, look, they're going to use the Millennium Falcon. Cool. And nothing else... Nothing else hit. Nothing landed with me. I don't. I don't even know you anymore. I guess I'm burnt on it. I don't know. Oh, and by the way, this this is coming from another father that I know and trust very well. If you're going to show your son the trilogies, yes, do, do not start with Chapter One, Phantom Menace. Chapter Two, Chapter Three. Of course not. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but but here here was the reason why. Here was the reason that that uh, uh, another parent told me. Their kid got unbelievably upset because they liked Anakin so much from the first movie. Yeah. That, that mm-hmm. when he turned. Yep. That was it. There yep. was no. They couldn't. They couldn't take it. Couldn't take it. Couldn't handle it. They didn't. They didn't want to see what Vader became. They, in the next it turns movies. them off. It turns them off to the whole thing. And the other big problem is, I see. I, as Cal, so succinctly put it, everybody knows that. But the, the other big problem is that Phantom Menace is a kids' movie. Yeah. And so I, I won't show it to us. We're we're strictly on original trilogy, original recipe. And and uh, Evan had said we gotta show him Phantom Menace. Like John loves Phantom Menace. He loves the original three, but he loves Phantom Menace. I said I'm not doing it. Not yet. He's younger. He's younger, and also Phantom Menace is a kids' movie. Of course, he's going to like Phantom Menace the best. It's a kids' movie. Well, Empire is a little intense, though. Empire, that's gonna be last. It's gonna take a while. You're going. You're going completely out of order for him. I'm going. A New Hope. We've done Return of the Jedi all the way through. He likes Return of the Jedi a lot. That's as close to a kids' movie as Phantom Menace. With the Ewok. I don't. I don't think so. I think Star Wars. I think until Luke starts getting electrocuted. That's that's a little. That's not. Yeah. That's not kid friendly. You're right. He made it to that though, and he was okay. But 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 regardless, Empire is going to be a while. Mm-hmm. Empire's dark, which is why it's the best movie. I I can't believe you didn't feel anything. Gosh, that's disappointing. Did you I'm watch it again? Have you watched it again? That's a great question, Kyle. I've seen it you. three times. Thank you. We should put you on the billboard for the show. Um, I've seen the trailer three times. Nothing each time, or has it changed at all? I sort of like that scene where the lightsaber lights up and you say, ooh, it's a new lightsaber. Okay. It's a broadsword, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm looking that at it pre- like, well, the would, production design seems nice. That would prevent uh, Luke from getting his hand chopped off, as he did in Empire Strikes Back. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. My bad. Sorry. I'm blowing it all tonight. Um, there was also a great article we read. I sent that to you, Cal, right? About um, you know speculation about that lightsaber and why it's a little weaker and whatnot and how maybe a major plot point is uh, of the new movie is that Luke's lightsaber gets found when he his hand gets cut off uh, cut off in Bespin in uh, in uh, Cloud City and somebody finds it 
because you never know what happens to it, and it somehow winds up back on Tatooine, and these new Jedi rebuild. Boy, it's getting geeky in here. These new Jedi rebuild um, lightsabers, and that's how the Force awakens for both the dark and the light. And so that lightsaber that lights up there is a sort of homemade one, and that's why it's weaker. And also that's why it's a broadsword, because it was built from the one that Luke's hand was cut off for. I think Luke goes dark side, guys. I do. I'm feeling dark side. <laughs> now? In this one? I think in or this ultimately? one. No, I think in this one, at some point, he has gone to the dark side and they're going to try to bring him back. Oh, wow. I see. Now I could, I could see that being the storyline of the yeah. three. Where that, that that I get in line for. Towards the end of this one, they I start to tease it. Right. Then the second one is about him going. I think it's and just the third gonna, one is him coming. Back. I think it's going to be a grown-up movie. That's all I care about. Just make it a movie for grown-ups. Yeah, please, please. But I trust J.J. Abrams. I do. What a miracle that they wrestled this thing. <laughs> Out from the ruiner's hands. Yeah, out from the guy who destroyed my childhood's hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just what just what good fortune right there. I'm just happy he has no part of it. That's all. That's all. They won't even let him watch it. They won't even... <laughs> they won't preview it for him or anything. He just try to show up at a theater. He'd be turned away. He doesn't Sorry. even get a screener. We've been given explicit instructions not to allow you in. Mr. Lucas, please. I, I see you dressed up as Chewbacca, sir. That is not going to be, yeah. Like Boba Fett has a beard like that. Please, sir. Please. Please. You're embarrassing. I uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're gearing That's up over excited. here to see The Hobbit. I mean, my son is about as excited as it gets right now. With the... They're still making those things? Yeah. Yeah. Really? We're not, we're not, we haven't gotten it all yet? This is the last one, PJ, right? Yeah, sure. Unless they make Silmarillion, yeah. And you'd think for a second that Peter Jackson's not going to make Silmarillion? I don't. I don't think I don't think there's any more coming. I'm going to say uh, this, because yeah, I love okay. you. It's enough now. It's enough. There's, there's, there's been 37 hours of movie here. No. Here's the thing, Mr. Jackson. Step because away because from the Peter Jackson did not want to direct the first Hobbit, and because he was out, and he knew he was out, and Guillermo del Toro was in and was doing it, and then all of a sudden left, and Peter Jackson had to be dragged back in. That's why that first movie was lifeless and not good. I, I I have no problem with the first movie. It's the thirty-seventh movie now. I it's enough. Oh, I mid, can't middle, believe middle we're still Earth doing this. Can, can continue forever. What are you talking about? People Enjoy. would never get enough of Middle Earth stories. <laughs> I want you to qualify people. <laughs> Please. 
I need a qualifier base. on there. I need some. The fan base. Some, some the, the people. Peop, the people that plunk down a billion dollars in box office every time. Yeah, I know. They will not get enough of Middle Earth if it's if they can keep coming up with it. Just like um, the Marvel fan base has not stopped going. And they're not going to stop going. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm all set. I'm all... I'm good. I'm good on the Hobbits, I feel like. I'm not, making, ends. I'm not making fun. I know how it ends. I read the books. <laughs> I'm good. I'm sad. But now there's but now there's but now there's other characters. Great. Great. They did character development on Keely and Feely. Now you want to know what actually happens to them. And Bomber. I'll tell you what. Or Bomber. I'm good. <laughs> I really am. I really think somebody needs to pull Peter Jackson aside and just say, look, it's we got it. We're set. We get Middle Earth. There are people that know Middle Earth better than their own neighborhoods right now. Where they actually live. <laughs> All right, we got to end the show. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. It's very late. That's my fault. I'll wear that. Who told you to stay early. up this late? You're the one with the bad habits. The Hobbit did. Bilbo Baggin. <laughs> PJ Final Unload. The new Pink In- Floyd album. <laughs> the new Pink Floyd album is uh, kind of elevator music. But in, in, a, in a better than elevator music type of way. I give it a middling thumbs up. Cal final unload. Did you know there was a football game tonight? I've heard that. I completely forgot there was an NFL game on tonight. To where I'm at with football. Uh, I ain't far behind. That's all I got. And my final unload is... Really enjoying this Islander stuff. We've talked about it a lot. But one thing I'm not enjoying, there are certain local personalities that are sort of really all over the bandwagon on a certain radio station. Two guys in particular. Diehards. Um, hey, fellas, back off. Back off. Enough. Who's your favorite oh. Islander? Miko Makala? Huh? Did you did you grow up with Eric Fischel? Really? That's enough now. Enough. You're a huge Islander fan. You're not. You're not. So, knock it off. You're ruining it for the rest of us who actually have been here for 35 years. Just knock it off. All right. That is all the time we have for the fun load and for ready to unload in general. Thanks for listening. For Brian Calvi and PJ Cacioppo, he's just so nice. Good night. I'm going to go get a cannonball. And a cannon. Jackman. <laughs> Shoot it at PJ's belly. <laughs> <laughs>